don't know how, like, logically, empirically, Brett, because you're a smart guy. I just don't know how you can say Azerbaijan is always right. Like, always? Nobody always. is always Nobody is always right. But And yet, <laughs> well, okay. someone Pod- has pod- to be. There has podcast- to be one. No one has a 100% success rate. Welcome to Dumb and Awful, everybody. Uh, I'm, I'm here with, with uh, Brett, uh, who you know from the hut at the Yacht Club, from where he works to destroy socialism. <laughs> the ghost of Christmas past. And, uh, and Evan, whose Twitter name is? At Pound State. I'm looking forward to today because it's been a while. Like, it's admittedly been a while since we did an episode. I'm, I'm sorry to, you know, those of you that have been waiting. Some of you probably already know this, like, if you follow me on Twitter. But earlier this year, uh, Brett and I sold our bespoke cum tribute startup to Amazon. And, yes, <laughs> it was a lot of money, life-changing money. But it was also something of, you know, a passion project. And, you know, we're still very politically engaged, but we sort of felt like we owed it to ourselves and to our customers to see things through. And, uh, you know, the the fact that we're back here sort of shows how, how that went. I mean, I think it's like, if I can just rant for one second, it's like money comes with a lot of, you know, strings, a lot of loss of creative control. So true. And, like, the industry is just not the same. Like, people used to want to know their local come tribute providers, you know, like their baker, their floor. It was just someone in the neighborhood or someone you knew who'd be there for, like, the big life events. And now people, they just don't care. You know, we sell to Amazon. Now you can same-day order right off your phone. Some poor Guatemalan father of three doesn't even know that, <laughs> doesn't even know that he's coming on the barista at your local coffee shop who one day made the mistake of giving you a fun but entirely platonic nickname. He doesn't have that connection to the community. It's alienated labor if you want to go there. But, you know, back on our labor shit. I will say today we're not going to focus on how dumb American politics is because can't do anything about it anyway. True. Uh, uh, AOC managed to step on the one group of people not overtly, vociferously asking to be stepped on online, uh, the workers. <laughs> <laughs> as did the squad, as, as did all, all the Dems, except for Rashida Taleb, broke with the, the squad on this. Uh, I guess they didn't give her the call and let her know that all the union people and workers actually hate to have the, the right to bargain. So, you know, do better, Rashida Taleb. Whatever intel you got is not aligning with the rest of your peers who say it was actually based and cool to do a, a parliamentary thing uh, while our, our poor rail workers get half a day of sick leave every six months. <laughs> I just always love any political move that starts with, now you know I love labor, but... I just, at this point, I'm like the guy in office space to the DSA. Like, what would you say you do here? Like, like <laughs> I... I am rooting for anyone and everyone. It's it's a flaw of mine. I'm like a multi-angled like plan of attack. But like DSA thinking now is true. Like I think the stripper really is a gamer girl and wants to come by and, and watch me play Stardew Valley. She doesn't. She's not going to. <laughs> Stop giving your money away. People are like, you need to come canvas. For what? For Iron Dome is already funded. Workers already don't have any right. <laughs> Like, what are we waiting for? Like, what genuinely? I need someone to tell me the secret plan other than sexually harassing the latest, like, 24-year-old to join the, the eco-socialist working group. I don't <laughs> know what the plan is. It's 4D chess where it's a lot of calculating, but none of the pieces ever move or take ground. And I don't know what I'm supposed to do. They could just start with not splitting off the actual good stuff from the real bill every single time. Yeah. Going like... Hey, you know, we really want this. And part of the negotiation of getting it is forcing it in the main bill. But 
what if we separated out all the good things like you know sick days for rail workers and made that a separate bill i'm sure that won't just die horribly that just tell me what the thing is that's the line like oh if you want to do parliamentary stuff at least one time it has to work it's like when the miami dolphins <laughs> no it doesn't up. no like, not if you're the look, it's like dolphins lining up in the wildcat offense from like the 35 yard line and you're like you know what back in 2010 i saw this work once so i i mean i guess it, it could happen again that's never happened with DSA stuff. I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I have no idea anymore. <laughs> I don't think uh, they the, have answers either. I don't think anybody does is the point. Are we just it's, supposed to wait for them to disassemble it themselves? Like Elon disassembling Twitter or something? Like, Yeah, they're, somehow they're doing entryism on their own organization without <laughs> any help. <laughs> it's like the amount that that, that they worry about like wreckers wreckers and fed infiltrators it's like do you understand how dope i can tell you why the fbi is not messing with the dsa because anyway anyone assigned to the dsa has the best sinecure in government that is a full pension job where you just show up sit there and be like uh yeah there i've uh created strife in there you're just on your your switch playing persona 5 the whole time (laughs) but hey the end result you can't argue with the results right why would they ever touch anything? It's a perfectly self-perpetuating system of nothingness. I'm just, I'm, I'm so, I'm, I'm so depressed about that. I don't know. <laughs> Every bit of news I consume hurts me, but it's like pretty much, dro- yeah. Dropping yeah. out, at least before there was like the, the. I mean, even for me, I had like the John the Baptist eschatological. Why, yes, I was raised evangelical utopian mindset where I'm like, there's no luxury space communism. We're not going to get anything uh, in our lifetime, but set the table better for the next group of people. I had that level of spark. But now I think a lot of people realizing we're not getting immediate results because at the end of the day, we spend our lives as Americans, consumers, like the liberal, like that, that is who we all are raised regardless of what the logo ham sick shit is we have on our hoodie when we go to meetings like we are who we are and it really feels like once bernie didn't win people were like ah damn oh well fuck (laughs) i guess we're done then Uh uh-huh but it's like the history of this has been long fallow periods i think like you have to you have to admit there's there's a long fallow period when you sign up for this and so my thoughts have been less on overt political action and if we have this fallow period maybe we can use it as part of like a slow period of change like maybe we can be in in the garage working on the the hot rods the next time we take it out it doesn't sputter and explode halfway to south carolina and specifically the things i've been thinking about is like working on yourself and and how you present to people so brett remember jess Scrain? yes jess Scrain, extremely cool Yes. Uh, absolutely. You know, ran, ran for Dem Senate, taking on Chris Coons, who is an anthropomorphized uh, DuPont advertisement. Uh, didn't win, but said all the right things, all the right policies. Probably the only person I would vote for, because while she was registered Dem, check out her likes on Twitter. It tells a very <laughs> different story. But, so she, uh, you know, she was getting rid of some of her, you know, campaign swag or whatever. And I'm never one to turn down a free T-shirt. So I got some Jess Grain stuff, you know, you know, a shirt and a hat or whatever. And I was on the subway wearing my hat, just minding my own business. And somebody started talking to me. Um, And if you've been on the New York subway before, that's not normally a good sign. So (laughs) as I'm sitting there, I'm about to hear, you know, an esoteric theory about 
you know, Britney Spears and who the real Jews are. Uh, and I'm bracing myself. But instead, I get someone who's like, oh, are you from Delaware? And I didn't know what they were talking about. And they pointed out, oh, you're wearing your your hat, the Jess Grain from, from Delaware. Uh, do you know Jess? And I was like, oh, shit, other people can see me. And I realized I was wearing <laughs> I happened to have a meeting that day, so I was dressed nicer than I normally do, which is a low bar, but I, I was presentable, and I had my Just Screen hat on. And someone on the subway started up a conversation, and, and it ended up going to like the social programs that uh, he really liked from her. And, and she didn't win, but you know he had a friend who was involved in the campaign, and it's too bad there's not more people like that. And I had a beautiful like 30-minute subway conversation about like progressive politics with a, a very nice man. Absolutely it's the Tupac. rarest subway experience yeah, in the universe. That never happens. Rose, rose growing through the cracks <laughs> in the pavement moment for discourse. It only that, took you 15 years of living in New York to have one good conversation. It finally, but it was because I was wearing the hat and I looked like someone friendly that, that you could talk to. And so that sort of was a data point where it's just like, huh, you know, I'm, I'm making it about, about me, of, of course. I'm just like, wait, so if this happened today, are there a whole bunch of other days where I'm wearing the Jess Scrain hat and people look and they're just like, oh, did he must have got that out of a crate at like a Goodwill. Type. Like I'm not approaching that. Or that's the best case scenario. The worst is I got like a huge hobo beard and a Jess Scrain hat. And they're, they're either like, that guy's great at mathematics or I need to switch subway cars. You know? <laughs> and, and so I was like, okay, maybe I need to like think about my own personal optics instead of like big government sort of issues where i can't affect anything i can affect me uh, especially sort of the negative side of, of the hat thing is i was having a conversation a while back uh brett you know i'm a, a big hat guy even at college i've always True. i just like a, a i like a hat like that's the sort of guy you can be you know my, my forehead is you know the size of a fully realized <laughs> dr robotnik so it's just like throw, throw a hat on and, and you look cool and i had done that all my life and it had been sort of a, a plus socially you know i'm playing persona 5 now so everything in my life is filtered through persona 5 references it was a plus charm move <laughs> to have the hat on but i had a conversation recently where someone's like you can't wear hats anymore and i was like well what do you mean and they're like, you're, yeah broadly and i'm like what do you mean it's like well you're in your 30s now so when you wear a hat whether or not it's true people are going to assume you're covering up your hairline it's going oh, to yeah. read. It's I going mean, to read as, that. yeah. It's going to read as insecure. And I'm like, but I've oh, been I don't doing read that this as insecure. I just yeah, read that as like you have less hair and or the hat looks good on you. I see. I think that right. But this was one of those intent versus impact conversations where it's like, yeah, but regardless of how good it looks, there's a little bit of like everyone's just like, oh, it's like if you saw someone with platform shoes on, you'd be like, this guy is either going to like a a wonderful night at the club. Or this person is insecure about their height. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, but it's fine. I like, like fucking buzzing my head. I, I like looking, you know, like somebody that beats up the pickpocket that stole from you in Krakow. <laughs> I like that. And, and this person was just like, yeah, but you are now like making people think like, oh, maybe this guy is less confident, which is a negative socially. Mm. But yeah, it, it's just like, it's something I didn't think about. Like my lack of self-consciousness and, and like being aware of how I'm coming off can be good for outreach. Like if it, it gets you to open doors and start conversations, but it sort of had me like get depressed and think like, in what ways am I setting myself up for failure? You know, mm -hmm. like I believe people are not talked out of through logic that which they were not first talked into. 
through logic. Like, you know, change is slow and self-centered and almost personally socioeconomic. Like nobody ever like hits you with rhetoric and you're like, damn, I didn't give a shit about a group of, of people, but now I do because you own me with an argument that's valid and sound. I've never seen that actually work, <laughs> but being normal, like, like being, being someone that others enjoy being around that seems to work better than anything. I pretended oh, yeah. to like industrial music for three years once because someone had a really nice nose. That was that was it. That was what that's what compelled the change. I was around someone I thought or felt was like bringing value on some level, and it was it was worth sticking around and like hearing what they had to say about the faint. Um, and it's just it, so like all this week, I'm just thinking about like specifically. And I'll I'll stop my rant in a second, but it's just like there was this this pickup artist once, which is a good start to a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's so there was this pickup artist back in the day, and one time he was like, "Hey, let me." He's making a video. He's like, "Let me tell you the secret for real here. Here's here's how here's how you do pickup artistry for real. Make yourself available and go around and drop little social aid packages without reciprocity." Just like when you go somewhere, just float around, just airdropping moments of joy, and then leaving the area of operations entirely. Not asking for anything, not lingering like, okay, now my turn. Just float about and leave. And what that does, aside from you being a less miserable person to be around, is set up a cargo cult mentality. When the villagers now hear that turbine whirring, they look up expecting to receive, correctly uh, expecting to receive, Something pleasant that asks nothing of them. Like, if you are just a delightful person with interesting things going on, and you aren't, you know, like, hey, man, uh, yeah, let me correct you real quick about what's really going on with Lenin. People want to be around you. Your presence now, like, in a Pavlovian sense, triggers like, oh, this will probably be fine. And that is a better starting ground for your social interaction than any amount of, like, ebooks or magic tricks or mohawks or positioning your feet at a 60% angle to display disinterest <laughs> as part of comfort phase one negging or whatever the fuck like just being delightful is really all you need and this pickup artist I remember made a video like that one time and then never mentioned it again for the entire remainder of his career <laughs> and just went back to selling like Sigma male body language standing with intention DVD box sets but real like that really is all there is to it so Today, I want to do some self-crit, basically. Um, I'm realizing that I, and me being not all that unique, sometimes, you know, I get depressed and lethargic, and I, you know, I let myself sort of become the type of person that, why would you want to listen to them or, like, have them around? And given I'm trying to evangelize uh, <laughs> structures that make the world more humane, those are pretty high stakes, and maybe I should, I don't know. Take this time, this fallow period, and work on the personal. You know, like the halo effect is real, and I'm not sure all of our storefronts really invite others in in a way that is necessary for change. Um, so today, you know, hopefully the idea is we're going to do some theory and practice and examine a number of potential hobbies and just pro-social, pro-mental health things you can do to maybe become a more realized person. So even if you do live out in fucking bumfuck Chattanooga, Tennessee, and you're like, there's no DSA here, brother, that might be a good thing for now. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's just try to be someone that is pleasant so you can make your offhanded, here's my criticisms about 
uh, uh, the social structure and, and power dynamics. And when you quote Deleuze, you really have to earn some goodwill <laughs> first and prove you're not a weirdo. So without further ado, um, you guys want to talk about hobbies? No. Yes, of course. Yeah, let's yeah. talk hobbies. <laughs> <laughs> or I'm genuine. This is not a joke. I'm genuinely open. This is a real thing I'm considering. Like I will probably do some of the things do on a this hobby. list. I, uh, well, I, right now, <laughs> right now, I gotta say, um, I Get haven't sport. I haven't fully radicalized Eorzea yet, despite uh, obtaining my epic <laughs> weapon. So I'm thinking that's I need. Disappointing. Actually, that's it's not that disappointing. That is well worn ground. Ninety percent of Eorzea is uh, trans or cat girl or both. So I don't think they're <laughs> they're doing the best already. Yeah, most uh, most cat girls, I think, probably lean left unless they're also a World War II fetishist, in which case they lean eugenics far right for some reason. <laughs> Jesus. If you, I'm just saying, if you play Hearts of Iron or Steel Division 2 and you say a cat girl or you see a cat girl, you are about to hear some extremely non-kawaii rhetoric. You're about to you're about to find somebody who's a really big fan of Yeezy's most recent work. If you can correct me on the Messerschmitt and also have Nico ears, I need to get away from your political takes. <laughs> Again, that's sort of the vibe we're talking about here. So let's just fucking let's start with something a little bit more normal. Um, Boo. We can no, crank that's in. what we want. No, just... you're already making a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking deck. I'm sorry. Go ahead. How about woodworking? What, okay, woodworking. Yeah. So pros, cons, and what we think. What would that take for me to get into woodworking? Do I, I have That's to the go biggest to a, con. Is it's, uh, the biggest con is woodworking class. No, 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 no. Is that it's, it's harder to get into because the actual equipment or the tools are pretty expensive and take up a good amount of space. So you either need access to a place with it. I've looked into this many times because I think woodworking is cool as fuck. Uh, you need access to the tools, so you either need like a local hobbyist group you can join, which do exist, or you need like a garage that you can slowly stock with tools over time. Um, that said, if you can do either of those things, it's so fucking cool. I will be honest. I, I watched, um, I, I watched all of and just like that, the new Sex in the City series that was apparently written by people who have never seen Sex in the City, <laughs> acted by characters that so barred up they forgot that they were once on sex in the city or are previously or are currently <laughs> and in that show i think it's aiden or whatever he's like oh it's no big deal i just uh wood sculpted you i don't even know the, the i'm just saying wood sculpting <laughs> i wood sculpted you a bed frame and i'll be honest like i almost fucked him through the screen i'm watching gilmore girls now and someone made like a, a marriage gazebo thing out of wood and i'm like it's pretty you know cool that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah. I feel like my life would get better if I was into woodworking. It's kind of a solitary one, right? It's not like people all get together in a room and woodwork silently, sharing furtive glances ac across the lath or whatever the <laughs> fuck they use. Lathe? I, I, don't, I don't know anything about woodworking. You don't have to use lathes, but it's uh, there are stuff, there are things that like you probably need more people for, or like, I should Classes. say- yeah. classes. The classes are good for that. You can also uh, like build small wooden boats. There are classes for that. I've wanted to do them forever because that just sounds fucking awesome. But I love the creative hobbies like that. Like creation hobbies, I should say. Where like the end of the hobby is like now you have a thing. And with wood, it's like now you have a beautiful thing you made from like normal earth materials. Like that's just cool as hell. I love that. I love the, the end result is now I have beautiful furniture. Like 
Oh, awesome. That's great. It's good to have a hobby where you feel like you're gaining control over, you have some control over the material world. Bring the order to chaos. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, a lot of our life today is just feeling like we're in control of nothing and feeling like you're in control of the outcome of a, of a small project that you can hold is, I think it's meaningful. I just, I, I worry that sometimes there's things that are a lot of fun after you get over the initial hump. And so for cons for woodworking, I kind of feel like the early stuff, I don't like objects, to be honest. (laughs) All right, fair enough. Then maybe it's Uh, not. The material world is not for Rob. Brett, how many items do I own? No, that's true. (laughs) Every every time I move, I'm like, good, I can get rid of some of this shit. And even stuff that I then have to rebuy. I'm just like, I I don't want to be, I'm. I'm like Kanye, a big disclaimer, when he talks only, <laughs> only about leaving, like getting a bottle on a on a flight and being like, now I got to be responsible for this bottle. That's how I feel <laughs> about every item in my life. When I'm done making this podcast, I'm going to have a moment of stress where I'm like, oh, I guess I have to put the microphone somewhere and I'm going to look at it. I would, <laughs> ideally, I would just like a perfectly white walled room with, with nothing in it so I can be content and safe away from my objects and i have a feeling if i start doing woodworking you can't jump right into making a bed frame i'm going to be making so many dumb wooden ducks that are just like sitting around right presumably we can no, give them uh, to people. start small the, the first oh i can give them the people yeah, yeah that's first, what everyone the first wants project or two is usually a sawhorse which uh, a sawhorse is like a frame that you then use to build more things in the future. So the first okay, thing you, you say do is you... sawhorse. That's not the thing you sit on and rock on. No, 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 no. Okay, uh, I was gonna say that would need updating. A that sawhorse I can't is give the to thing someone. that like you put two by fours on and saw right. Like as you're cutting wood or um, hammering things together or gluing things, usually it needs to be on some surface, and that's typically a sawhorse. Small so, wood table. Yeah, it's like a tiny narrow wood table. Specifically for like workshops, right? So usually the first thing you do is build a build more tools for yourself, which I actually love that approach. Um, but bed frames are not crazy complicated to build. It's Those not aren't so super bad. hard. Yeah, making you can make them are incredibly elaborate and complicated, but like a simple wooden bed frame is not super difficult. That I would say that's like beginner intermediate. I got really into wood turning, which is just like a small area of woodworking where you make things that are um c- cylindrical how would you describe it cylindrical in nature <laughs> phallic um, phallic's the word yeah, yeah okay yeah we don't have um, to beat around the bush get right to it yeah or you make bowls and stuff like making bowls is a really big thing in um in wood turning so if you want to have like a thousand bowls hanging around the house it's really good for that um why would i need that when i already have uh paper dixie bowls left at strategic locations <laughs> all around my apartment now <laughs> i'm losing utility by doing this yeah they're heavier and they're beautiful more di- they are gorgeous yeah you, you can you can make them out of like uh like the parts of the tree where the the grain like goes all curly and yeah i mean you can also make pens. Like pen turning is a really big thing. If you need something yeah. even smaller to make and give away to people who kind of want it, um, woodworking is also a hobby that, like, besides being personally rewarding and that you can create gifts for people as well, you can also bring in a tiny little bit of passive income if that's something you want to do with your hobby. Yeah, start an know, Etsy store. Yeah, I, I know some people hate that concept of mixing money with hobbies. So you know, it's up to you, but. 
I do like that about woodworking is all those bullshit driftwood tables that people sell for like $800. Like you could just make that. You could just make that for less than $100 in materials. Easily. I do I do like the idea of unalienated labor. Like I'm I'm just going to fucking carve this thing. I will say it's also a plus to be in Brooklyn because when you talk about places where someone will pay $800 for absolute bullshit if there's a wood grain in it, like that's yeah, 100%. here. Well, that's also because like I feel like uh, wooden furniture in the Northeast is especially valuable because you miss some of the richness of the natural world when you're stuck in gray skyscraper bullshit, especially in the winter. Like there's nice, it's nice to have some like natural world richness in your life and having wooden pieces does help with that. Yeah. Yeah, The last time I saw a tree in person was during COVID where we got that (laughs) cabin and it almost caused me to be the first person killed by a black bear. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That was, that a lot of bears, actually. So kind of a mixed bag with that one. Yeah, that was a, that was a real high point for me. Actually. <laughs> Last two pros of woodworking is it's something you can do even post collapse if you think that's going to happen. Uh, and because any hobby that creates something that is like attractive and people are familiar with it, like I know what a nice wood table looks like. Everybody does, right? Like you have something in your head when I say that. There's something. Uh, genuinely attractive about people who make that because there's like a mystery to it like they have somehow mastered some element of the natural world so like there's a baseline level of attractiveness to people who do woodworking i I think that you know what it sort of synergizes nicely with the political thing which is like hey you know what i i i have my my focus I, i i build things i give them away for free your life is better because i'm i'm working for this and and i'm a uh, nice, somewhat mysterious uh, guy. I, it, genuinely, anything creative is like magic to people. Yeah. Like, I thought that the guy playing Wonderwall on the acoustic guitar outside Sally Hall at Florida State University, <laughs> I thought he was a fucking genius for the longest time until I realized, like, oh, wait, like you look into something for a half hour and you're like, oh, any human could do that because humans are doing it. Woodworking does have that, like, majesty to it, which is like, how the fuck did you get that out of that? Exactly. I love that. I'm into it. I do think a con, though, is like workspace. I've lived with artists before, and that means you live in a studio, whether or not you You like that. You want to, yeah. You know, it's a small apartment. You have neighbors. Like, you really do need, like, real estate. Yeah, you need studio space of some kind. Where you can keep stuff. Whether it's a community or your own. Yeah. Yeah, there are like community workspaces wherever, where it's like, okay, you come in and you have like 12 hours a month to go in and work. Um, yeah when i lived in dc there was a woodworking club that had like a community space and you paid dues but the dues were not crazy expensive it was like 20 bucks for half the year or something it wasn't bad there's maker spaces which are like not specifically woodworking things but you can do woodworking there they usually have the tools yeah in new york whenever i walk by a place clearly delineated as a maker space i've never seen a tool in there just lots and lots of imax and people just kind of sitting around drinking coffee out of <laughs> plastic cups with brands that i don't even recognize uh but i'm sure yeah, i'm sure there's there's plenty of brooklyn woodworking stuff i just having to go somewhere is good socially but also like i want something that i can just do here and i'm just there's going to be just sawdust everywhere i can also tell you from like it's not a small space hobby no it's yeah from cohabiting i i have a habit that i think is a lot of fun which is every time i get a bag of tostitos coating everything in my apartment with one millimeter uh crumbs and that hasn't made anyone happy so i imagine (laughs) 
leveling up to producing a, a byproduct like sawdust that you can actually inhale and stick to the inside of your lungs is probably not great if there's other people like around. It smells right? so nice, though. It does, actually. Bro, that's how I feel about gasoline. I know it's not right. <laughs> it is okay, also just, very flammable, yeah. So consensus opinion, woodworking, thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. Absolutely thumbs, thumbs up. up. Thumbs up. All right. Uh, this is something I've been getting into recently, and I did not see it coming, is I just become a member of Bachelor Nation. Go on The Bachelor or become like uh, you do a Bachelor bracket? I'll be honest. I don't think I'm what they're looking for. Uh, when they're casting the Bachelor, <laughs> that could be Unless a really they're... interesting turn for the show. I'll be, you know, just just Bachelor, <laughs> Bachelor the in bachelor. the Land Center. <laughs> the Polish Bachelor would be great. I would watch that. <laughs> we have six women just all vying for your bachelor. for your affection <laughs> this week. Whoever milks the most goats will receive a date card. Whoever yeah. whoever can scry the blood of this man. Gets the first date. Bringing in someone that I think you all recognize from Polish Bachelor history, the Seder Merckstuck. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, just be aware. The process can work for all of you. <laughs> I genu I'm not fucking around. Like, so for, uh, the show's been around for decades, and I've always been like, this is trash. Like, uh, you know, this is absolute reality TV. I remember there was someone I was really into. Um, you know, it was like a, Maybe we'll start dating sort of thing where you're spending all your time together and they're inviting you to stuff. And they're like, why don't you come over? I'll pour some like red wine. We'll smoke and uh, we'll watch The Bachelor. And to that I said, no, I have more important things to be doing with my time. And I'm like, I don't want to watch The Bachelor. What if I'm doing that now? I'm going to be doing it forever. Like I can't. It was that. And then maybe and then the next morning we can go for a run. And I'm like, you who do you think you're talking to? <laughs> That is one where it's like a series of asks where you go like, did you confuse me for somebody else? But it's also one of those things where the bar could not be. This is where it, it, it's like, you know, I get the like men deserve less thing because from her perspective, she's like, oh, I like this guy. Um, I, I want to spend more time with this guy. All I've asked him is, do you want to watch some TV and then run the mile? And like me, as if I'm still 15 years old in high school, PE is like. I'll do half of that. And I didn't even <laughs> want to do half of it. And so recently I just randomly, I caught an episode of, of the bachelor, you know, just like, yeah, sitting back vibe and sure. Put it on. I'm eating nachos. What do I care? And I didn't realize it is one of the greatest shows of, of all time. Uh, they got a new, so a couple years ago, everything changed. They got this new host, Brett, you, I'm, I am earnestly recommending this. They replaced their host with this guy, Jesse. And let me just tell you, uh, stop doing physio checks on 4chan, fellas, because the heir to Alexander is born, and it's fucking Jesse Palmer. This is a man who cannot stop himself from making history. Every time he appears, wait, I did wait, not know. Jesse Palmer, like former quarterback at UF, college football announcer Jesse Palmer? Look it up. Look it up. I I would believe it. He's so oh, handsome. Yeah. No, yes. It's literally him? He used to do college football announcing. Yeah, and I, I'm pretty sure he was a uh, – yeah, yeah, he was a quarterback for a while too. Yeah. Well, he has moved into the making history business because what I didn't realize I about where the he show – I didn't realize he went to The Bachelor. 
Yeah, what, well, the last guy got fired because he's like, I love getting paid millions to do absolutely nothing, but what I love more than that are black people jokes. And it's like, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it's your life, you know? Like, I'm not going to tell you not to chase your passion. It's not <laughs> what I would do. Not what I would do. But so they replaced him with Jesse Palmer, and the show got a whole makeover. And so this is where, this is my selling point to you guys and whoever's listening, because I know what I'm saying sounds crazy. But what happened is with Me Too, right? You'd watch this show before, and it would be trash. Like, it's just a bunch of hot, drunk people. All the guys are buff meatheads. All the girls are just like, yeah, I'll find love, whatever. So, like, what they would do on the premise of the show is they'd bring everyone to an empty resort in Mexico where they would sleep in bunk beds, have no access to technology or anything in the outside world, and give them unlimited drinks and just point cameras at them for like seven weeks at a time. Oh, it's That's like it. the uh, the British one that they did for a while. Was it like Love Island or something? Same, same, yeah, situ- yeah, they yeah, took same that scenario. concept, which honestly is a good conceit. Yeah, Bachelor in Paradise, way better, because they do that. But what I didn't realize, it's so obvious once I watched it, what that is, what the show really is, is like the Stanford prison experiment run by ABC Disney. Yeah. Like, and incredible. so you would have people just on that show, the guys would immediately get drunk and just start like getting handsy. You were, you could basically watch sexual assaults happen on that show really disgustingly. And it felt very like salacious and grimy, especially in like the, the me too era. And so what they've done now is made the show. They've course corrected so much. It's almost misogynistic now because they realize we can't have guys like this on TV. And so on the Bachelor in Paradise they have now, they only cast guys that look like college quarterbacks and meatheads and dumbasses, right? Like everyone's 6'3", everyone's built, but every single one of those guys is the fucking apex predator of emotional intelligence. Like it doesn't <laughs> matter. It doesn't matter what they do to the guys now. It doesn't matter how the women behave. Like they... They'll, they'll get cheated on. They'll, they'll have to have conversations at 3 a.m. absolutely hammered, blasted in the, in the pagoda or whatever. And no matter what you set them up with, they're just like, oh, fuck. I didn't, I didn't realize that um, I wasn't making my affection for you known because you are very valued to me. And so when <laughs> you said you wanted to fuck Scott, I recognized that you know while that does hurt me, I don't control you and you're not property. And so I should not do anything that would tip the scales and make you feel like you couldn't be yourself with Scott. Because if that is your person and that is your happiness, uh, what I should do as a man and as a person and certainly as someone who cares for you is allow you to explore that happiness just like I would if I ended up with you. And it's like, God, this man, I, I just watched him drink 14 Coronas, right? I mean, and, and they're all just sweethearts. The women are manipulating them the whole time. And they're like, they'll go, with, they'll go to like the boys in the pool and be like, Hey, uh, something fucked up happened. And, and all the boys will just be like, man, I can tell you're going through a rough time. And what matters <laughs> is you take care of yourself so you can take <laughs> oh care of her. Every, they're, they're doing Mama Mia jumps into the pool. This season, they had to emergency change things up. They separated all the women and, and all the couples and put them in a different hotel because all the men were being too good partners to the women and themselves. <laughs> wow. The girls kept going like, hey, this isn't supposed to be a dude's rock vacation. You're supposed to be like dating people. And they're just like, yeah, but, you know, we're also a member of a community. And, and I'm like, it's just, it's fucking, you watch it and you walk there's, away hating women. There's too, I, there's too many positive male bonding moments. We have to break it. 
They did. They did a live <laughs> at the end of this the series. They do like a, a live in studio. We bring the fans in, give them some white wine and a, and a trip, and let them respond to the people talking directly to the fans. And this was the first one I've ever seen where it's a room full of women who think Elizabeth Warren uh, was an agent for the patriarchy. All just like. My God, these these we need to respect these men more. Women deserve less, and it's like, how did this get there? <laughs> that it, rules. It's but but it's also one of those things where have you ever watched something and you're like, oh, Game of Thrones. Here's what they should have done. The producers on Bachelor are fucking. They have the brightest minds running this Stanford prison experiment. Because if things are going too smoothly, they're just like, oh, they're not fucked up enough and just intervene to, to ruin things. It's like, you know how all like the best rocket scientists just become Wall Street quants or end up developing like vaguely machine learning-esque algorithms to more efficiently paint costumes on Pierce Brosnan as Dr. Fate? Yep. <laughs> well, Bachelor producers are like if the Japanese Manchu Detachment 731 just studied only how to most effectively break the will uh, and inherent dynamic human spark of the American himbo. <laughs> Every time I'm like, oh, you know what they need to do right now? They've already done it. And normally it would break everyone's brains, but they have overcorrected how good the boys are. And now I just watch it as a dude's rock thing. It's great. It, it now <laughs> irritates, amazing. It yeah, irritates amazing. women now because they, they watch it and they're just like, what? Oh, we deserve less. <laughs> <laughs> I will say reality TV now has been around long enough that we should start to see like the peak version of the form, right? Like, I got it. The producers should be at the top of their level. And it, it's nice to see that at least one of them is doing that. I, I genuinely would recommend to anybody... The, the formula, it, it took them years of struggling because they thought the show was about, you know, the the invisible camera depicting hot, drunk people on a beach every year. But the show, as it turns out, is a sports one. It is a non-transparent, active, in the way New York is a character in so many films, the producers and cameramen are active participants, and it's a sporting competition between their infernal diabolical genius and ability to break people and the nicest men you've ever met in your life <laughs> and in that context like yeah let's awesome, see yeah. It. it it's like you're that that game like Wipeout or takahashi's castle where it's like i think i can jump across four rubber balls without falling and sometimes people can sometimes they can do the the rope swing and get across the pool but the Bachelor producers are going to jump out halfway and hit you with a fucking bow stick just to make sure it's still <laughs> just interesting. Just to see how stable you are. So that, that's my pitch to you. I'm thumbs up on Bachelor Nation. What do you guys think? I was I like not thumbs yeah. up to begin with, but you've convinced me. This sounds yeah. amazing. Here's the thing. It's also social. You go on hashtag Bachelor Nation, and there's just people every single day sleuthing. They're on people's Instagram. They're also going feral. That's how you know it's it, good. It, no, it, it, it's excellent. Also, I feel like you know what? I might be a welcome addition to like a Bachelor Nation drink-a-thon at some Lower East Side bar. Like In the same way that if you're at a party and you're just like, what the fuck? Somebody rented a, a gorilla to sit in the corner? That party's a little bit better. I feel like I could show up, drink a Chardonnay, and just be like, you know what? Logan was indecisive, but that is not a crime. <laughs> Agreed. So I, I just think it's pro-social. It models it's good cheap. male behavior. It's cheap. It, it's everything's built in, uh, and also if you're fucked up, it's even funnier. 
And it's so, also a cultural touchstone. So, like, you know, there's a wide array, array of people who actually have any idea what you're talking about. It's talking very about normal. Yeah. yeah. It's very normal. You, you, can, you can genuinely just be like, you know what? Uh, uh, Logan is the Trotsky. Of, uh, in a way, Logan is the Trotsky of this scenario. You know, he, he knows what he needs to do, but the situation has passed him by, and now his brain is being broken by Kendra. That's it. People get these things. I do love uh, getting into normal shit and then getting way too deep into it to the point where you find like the 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 deep dark nerd community within it. Like football is a normie thing, right? Uh, well, well, we can go to football in a second, but like I love getting into those normal things and finding out that there are so many layers to it that there are just genuine psycho communities deep within Bachelor where they keep scorecards and they have a rating system. And they, they're doing like fantasy brackets. And it's like, yeah, I love that. I love that level of commitment. Yeah, what's beautiful, I was talking to Evan about this the other day, is it kind of doesn't matter what your hobby is. There is sort of like an underlying grand unifying theory. There's a structure to whatever the community is that is, sort of resembles every other community. Like once you get hardcore, once you're on a forum for a hobby... <laughs> Like there, there is the same twelve people on every single phone. There's somebody with doctor in in his name that is weirdly respected for no reason other than he chose that username. You know? <laughs> There's someone that like won't get off. You have to buy this particular platinum wrapped wire, otherwise you're fucking it up. But that that's everyone. Yeah, every time. Like in the yo-yo community, of course, there's like a doctor or something or rather. And... <laughs> You have to use this string or buy this model or something like that. Like every every time. Um and there's always the same patterns of of like, well, I just got into this and I'm not very good, but I have a lot of money. Maybe if I buy the really expensive one then then I'll have more fun and, and fit in better or something like that. Oh yeah, just uh, an FAQ pinned at the top, like, do not buy the Yo-Yo X2 Plus until you are fully familiar with intermediate intermediate dangling. And it's like, oh, fuck, okay, sorry. Yeah, exactly. And then people uh, will, of course, like, make examples of the people who are really good, like, oh, like, Yuki Spencer won in the 2006 World Championship with a, with a plastic Yo-Yo. If you, could, if you could win with a plastic Yo-Yo, then you could, you could use a plastic Yo-Yo, too. <laughs> See, yo-yoing, but we'll do audible here. Yo-yoing is a hobby. Yeah, it's a pretty big one. It's not a bad one to get into. Maybe not the best if you're not trying to accumulate crap around your house, but it's, it's, it's got a, it's, it's gotten pretty big. What do you mean accumulate? Cr- what is the paraphernalia I need as a yo-yo? More yo-yos. You always got more yo-yos. More, more yo-yos. There's so many different kinds. What, now, is that something like people that, uh, collect electric guitars and you're like this one just has the the sort of wood feel and you're like what the fuck are you talking it's about? that combined with sneakers because there's different colorways and and like people get sponsored so you you'll get like the um the the alex hattori model something or rather in the blue colorway or somebody just got sponsored and and got that like their custom yo-yo from this oh, wait, company there's an interconnection between yo-yos and sneakerheads now. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, and there's there's like a couple of like Brazilian graffiti artists who are really big, and um, there was a guy who was like a reasonably big name drummer who was big in the community as well. Um, How big name? Do you don't remember it? 
That's my problem. Is this is an invisible hobby outside of three weeks ago? Where actually, I did think of you on this. Evan, <laughs> I was I was walking down Broadway and there was a guy in an impeccable suit with headphones on, which you know that's that's Lower Manhattan basically. But he pulled out of his pocket just casually, like a gunslinger. He was waiting at a crosswalk. He pulled out of his pocket a yo-yo, threw it down, just rocked the cradle, and put it back in his pocket. And I was like, "Was that cool? <laughs> I don't know. This is the first time I've ever seen this." Yeah, but you like, thought I, about I, I it. I did think about it, but that's not necessarily that, that's not a sufficient condition it can for be a compelling positive reaction. Without being good, yeah. Yes, that's absolutely. definitely compelling. Same way, if I was standing at a street in like Lower Manhattan in the middle of a work day, and some dude walks out of Goldman Sachs and is like about to go get his Starbucks, and while he's doing, he's just doing close-up magic for himself. I, that would be compelling. <laughs> I don't know that I'd be like that guy's cool as fuck, but I'd be like, I am going to remember this for a long fucking time and wonder what is going on here. I saw a a. This is also Lower Manhattan. I, I saw a homeless man strip nude and then start masturbating over a sports car uh, that, that was parked off to the side. Now, that's a good hobby. Um, that's a great well, hobby. That was, masturbating I, rich I, people's sports cars? Two thumbs up. It was compelling. <laughs> and I didn't feel the need to join in on his hobby, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, that's a solo endeavor, I think. Is there a masturbation uh, community? Uh, brother Reddit. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. I don't think we need to. That, we don't need to dig into that one. But yes, <laughs> since, the, since the dawn of time, is there a doctor? Half half of the cave paintings you see are just Stone Age era men sitting around, going like, "Nice hog, brother," as, as they look at something that vaguely resembles uh, the female form. Yeah, and yes, the the doctor of the masturbation community is Jordan Peterson. <laughs> More of a, a spiritual guru. True. Like like when he when he dies, we'll have to put objects in front of infants to find the new chief wanker. That, that's more his role, I think. I got to say though, yo-yos, I, I'm going thumbs down on just because I feel like that's not a. It's fun for me, you know, but I don't feel like it. It has like the normie class. If I it's go, not like, normie yeah, I'm really at big all. In, yeah, I'm really big into yo-yos. People will be like, yeah, I'm really big into running in the opposite direction right now from you. <laughs> And that's not fair to the humble yo-yo. Like you can't, you but can't lead it, with the yo-yo hobby if you're trying to be like they need to like you before you talk about that. Yeah, that's very important. Up I'm, I, I think I'm down for the same reason. I although com- commodity hobbies in general are interesting to me because like they're hard for me to get into because I don't have a lot of money. Right, most commodity hobbies, are, yo-yo is sort of an in between where like it's a skill based hobby, but also you're accumulating yo-yos. Right, like it's almost like uh, I think guitars is a good one there. But, like, cars is one that I, I do love. I love cars. But I literally don't have the money to actually, yeah, like, I... <laughs> be really deep into it. Because even, not that people who are into cars are only into high-end shit. Like, most of the biggest gearheads I know only own cheap bullshit. Because they want to have ten different things, right? Yeah. So they only own beaters because, like, there's a there's a level of uh, uh, value and... Uh, romanticism to having beaters that like you pick you put together and you keep them running and like oh yeah i've got this car from 30 years ago that i found somewhere like there's they like romanticize the cheap cars which i love i love that but even cheap cars are a few grand like it's not yeah none of these are like i could be super into video games and not spend the amount of money on one cheap car uh that i would otherwise like it's ridiculous how expensive it is but i still fucking love them like it's hard not to it's hard to grow up in florida right and live in places that are car heavy and not have some 
romantic or emotional attachment to some amount of cars. I, I will say I kind of bucked the trend there. You do. Just because I, I grew up in South Florida, and I this is the thing I don't get. All the, the markers are there. I should care about cars, but then I, it's like maybe I just didn't get into it right. Like my first um, – like the car – when I was 16, I got my, my parents' old uh, Volkswagen, you know, and it's like driving that around is, is the great. Jetta, right? can be- yeah, yeah, the Jetta, you know, it, it's great. And you can beat it up. And, you know, my mom's like, eh, you know, just take it because safety is the most important thing driving or, or when it comes to driving. And then, uh, you know, a couple years later, uh, I got to use my parents. We picked up like a, a twenty three hundred dollar Nissan Sentra, the one with it had the feature where if you get in an auto accident, it will fully crumple up for easier recycling later. <laughs> and I was a little bit like, "Hey, mom, what happened to that safety shit?" And she's like, "I don't give a fuck. You're out of high school now. <laughs> Figure oh, yeah. it out for yourself. You could join the military at this age. You could operate a Nissan." And I do say that thing, the Rob Mobile, did my brother put uh, Spreewell spinners on it? Yes, Those he motherfuckers did. rolling backwards while you're going forwards. <laughs> yes, he did. Did he? Did he put? Uh, a beautiful bass system that played, I'll be honest, even some of the more objectionable, uh, objectionable Buju Bonton tracks while I'm going up A1A to school every day. Yes, he did. Those things were all good. Could you drift that thing basically uh, regardless of your intent to drift that thing around every single turn? Yes. That all was very fun. Never got into cars. Because again, what the fuck do I do? I can... Make my phone lock screen and my screensaver uh, a BMW M3 CSL, but that's the only actionable step I have. I can't – even when you get the beaters, you then are like, yeah, well, I had to put 15000 into getting it running. If I had 15000 I would – well, actually, I don't know what I would do. That's sort of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will say like – Especially now, because the car market's insane, it's even harder to be into it. But for a long time, like I liked rotating out sub fifteen hundred dollar beaters. It was just fun, and it's like I don't have a car payment. Uh, you usually sell it for what you bought it for, assuming it's running. It's literally it was just the floor of like, is the car running? All right, it's probably worth about a grand then, right? And that was fun. It was fun to just be like, what does this feel like? What does this feel like? Like, and every car does have a different feel and different character to it. And so, like, after a while, you do start to get attached to them, especially if it's got a stick shift, because then you feel the driving experience a little bit more. But it wasn't until uh, when I was in the military and I was uh, in Mississippi, uh, one of the guard guys that I was working with uh, went on leave for a week and left us his 1970s Charger to drive around. It had to be a Charger. And it was... Fuck me, that was incredible. That was was the first time I've been in a car where I was like, oh, I 100% get why people are like hardcore car people because this is a genuinely compelling experience where it's like uh, it doesn't even need to go fast it just feels amazing right just going down like one long strip uh in biloxi right on the water in a 1970s charger and just flooring it for a while and that was even a car like you had to floor it there was no steady state with the pedal you're either speeding up rapidly or slowing down there's no in between that was fucking amazing that was the first time i was like everything makes sense now for cars I think that does like make sense in in that context. I mean, especially like driving Biloxi is is really nice because 
if you run out of gas somewhere, like it's real cheap to fill up. You can just go to the beach and take a couple buckets right. of seawater. And it's 90% petroleum at this point anyway. So it's, you're going <laughs> to run fine. You're going to run cheap. You're going to run clean. You know? Yeah, and if but, you're hammering th- the pedal, I, then you're quickly getting away from Mississippi, which is also possible. <laughs> Look, I, actually, I, I, I love Diverville, Mississippi. Don't get me <laughs> I wrong. I fucking love Give me a, a, a steamboat that hasn't moved in 70 years that's just parked and rotting on some wood dock outside <laughs> Gulfport, Mississippi. I want to go in there and play blackjack with the most racist boat shop owner I've ever met in my life. And you can do that <laughs> can. all day, every day. <laughs> Very few places offer a level of service that reliable. But Brett, I think you unlocked it. It's my brother said this to me once. He was like, "Have you ever driven a fast car fast?" And I was like, "Come to think of it, I I mean I I, I hit 125 on Alligator Alley on the Rob Mobile Nissan, uh, <laughs> but that wasn't exhilarating so much as like terrifying because all the parts just started." stripping and falling off and the entire thing was shaking and picking up wind resistant. Basically, if you've seen the last four minutes of the Gurren Lagann anime, uh, where everything explodes as they increase velocity towards their own doom, uh, that was my driving experience one time. I, I bet if I had like a well-engineered machine that was a pleasure to drive, where it felt like you were responsive and it could do the thing, it was agile and quick... I bet that would be a real like sensuous experience. And and then intellectually, like like people that get into watches. Like like they just look at it and go like, look at that clockwork machine. Beautiful. And the thinking about it gives them a sort of uh a kick. I mean, Evan, that's your thing, right? Like you're always telling me like uh about these machines that are both like brutal but also elegant, purpose built, and there's just something satisfying about seeing things like click together and do work. In a particular way yeah know? absolutely i mean if you're a lot of car people and watch people don't necessarily get that into like the way that the thing works exactly um like if you're a watch person maybe you you like you don't exactly know how the gear train works but you you know what like the latest models from Bulova is that you want and yeah you could be a fashion watch person yeah yeah exactly um and uh but but you can also become a person who like who makes watches um and there really aren't very many of them out there now but you can have a really tiny shop and basically in an apartment and you can make a watch um but that's probably like the highest barrier to entry of any hobby um that i can think of if someone told me they made watches i'd be like that's just genuinely cool as fuck yeah it is like that's we're back to like the the uh woodworking of like yeah if you just built something and and but that's tiny incredibly complex well maybe it's not incredibly complex in my head it is but it's a tiny device that requires a ton of interlocking gears and what i'm assuming is a lot of care being put into it in order to make it work smoothly so i'm just immediately impressed that someone like assembled that by hand right because i feel like especially in the modern world you get so used to like somebody just comes off the factory line uh, because most of us don't know how manufacturing works um, it doesn't just come off the line. Usually somebody is m- making sure it connects properly, but it just comes purpose built or it's already built and you get it and you go like, oh, okay, this, this hasn't had no human hands have touched this phone or this fucking mic. Like it's just a thing that other machines made. So when you find out that humans make a complex machine by hand, it's just infinitely cooler. Yeah. There, there is something appealing to that broadly. Like e- even, you know, you think about like a Tesla 
And no, that didn't just come off the line. Like some guy did actually have to sit at a terminal and program dozens of lines of QBasic in order to get that thing to run. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm a really big fan of hobbies where you have to learn how something works to do it. Um, like, I guess ham radio is really good for that. Um, where you, you build a radio and you, you use it to talk to other people. Um, and in the process you, you have to learn how the thing works. Um, and just broadly getting into like electronics or making electronics, you learn how to fix things. So, okay. You can replace the battery on your friend's iPhone or, or something and, you know, save them money and, you just become better acquainted with the way that things are are made and and built, and uh, I I think that's that's good. Uh, I don't I don't know if that's necessarily appealing to most people. It takes a certain sort of person to find joy in like removing the glue to get an iPhone open and like finding both the joy and in, in like getting into this very like detailed thing but also finding the like disgust in in the fact that it was made in such a in an unrepairable way to like have strong feelings about this and let those yep. feelings turn into some sort of you know action um yeah I, electronics is a great hobby um those are always cool stuff like electronics is always fascinating to me too because it it's things like that in cars you move away from the like aha, there's a problem with this thing. I need to call a custom expert to even begin to understand or describe the problem, right? Like you're, you're moving many of the things you interact with on a daily basis from like a total unknown where it's a complete black box, how this works to like, no, 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 this is a part of the material world uh, has specific functions. It operates based on specific laws. I might not know how this one in particular every single little piece works i might not be able to name them all but like i understand the basic conception i can diagnose it i don't know i i understand the satisfaction of that like there is something satisfying in being like i broadly understand this piece of equipment or technology and how it works and i can crack it open and diagnose a little bit i was uh I, again cars that's cars for me because like i do know a little bit about cars yeah. and because i bought cheap shit cars for a long time i would prepare them by hand there's something incredibly satisfying about being able to like fix someone's car with minimal knowledge of, of what even they're driving uh i was on a date once where their car wouldn't lie lie <laughs> bullshit bullshit where their car wouldn't start so in a suit i got their car started because it was just like a bad battery connection and it took me like two minutes to figure out the problem and put it together. And it was you just didn't like, have to speak for the rest of the, the day. Yeah, exactly. It was just like, this is just deeply satisfying to me to just be able to be like, fuck yeah, I fixed the thing. Because so much of, especially like I do bullshit work like most people. So it's so nice to have something where like you can actually fix the thing and see it run afterwards and get a sense of satisfaction. And I imagine it's the same with electronics hobbies too. Because I don't know much about doing electronics work but like it seems really cool to be able to do that no it's exactly the same i think all of these sort of building making hobbies have that same feeling um and in some ways they're they're all kind of you can pick once you've picked one up you can pick another up and another up and another up. yeah you've learned how to learn for that kind of yeah yeah exactly um and it the, you know, Joe Rogan says once you've learned one thing deeply, you've you've learned everything broadly. <laughs> <laughs> Check him out; he's a little podcaster you might like. It's just a niche guy. No, I, 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 
I agree. There's something about like, as you learn the broad skill set for some of these things, like it, it applies to everything in sort of the like radius or galaxy of those kinds of things. Like, uh, cause I bake. So that's another one where it's like, I yeah. like putting things together and it, it is semi meticulous in certain ways. And then when things fuck up, you don't really know why. And you have to like reverse engineer what you did to figure out what, what, what broke, what, what physics laws you broke, uh, like you, you jackass, you put uh, a leavener in something, you put too much of it and then it over exploded or it like over leavened it. Right. There, there's all of that kind of thing. But once you get into the mindset of like, it's a logic train. And because that's how I think of these, like, it's basically a logic train of like, this does this, which does this. And that's how it impacts down the flow. Yeah. You can start doing that with other hobbies in a similar vein. And it's just, God damn, they're satisfying. It's also just immensely satisfying to learn one hobby and then bring the techniques from that to another. Yeah. Like, um, like machining and watchmaking are two kind of parallel universes that have completely different vocabulary and different techniques. And if you learn one you can learn how to do interesting things in the other. Um, like a lot of watchmaking techniques have sort of, they're almost kind of medieval. Like you, if you're making a, um, like a, like watches have jewels that act as bearings and you have to learn how to. And you have to steal them from the basket. <laughs> you don't want to have to constantly be fucking resetting. I'm just you saying. You have to go on quests made to get the materials. <laughs> I mean, it kind of feels that way sometimes. And when you, and when you, um, and you're really selling me a watchmaking, I'll be honest. This sounds awesome. You got to undermine some governments, you know, let's get those precious quartzes out of the earth. What are we doing? Well, it's all ruby and sapphire and, and to like make the, like you have the jewel and then to make the thing that, that spins in the jewel, you have to polish it with, with oil of wintergreen. Like that rules. Everything about it is so cool. I hate that. No, I love that. I I love all of all of I don't have time. I don't have time to be collecting reagents out in the world. You know what I mean? I, I love that. That's that cool crafting, I'm like, yeah, I'll never be on this screen again. Goodbye forever. <laughs> All right. So crafts with the craft universe is, is uh, it. That's the that's the big negative on it. It's all just so expensive, and people yes. will tell you you can you can do it for cheap. My one of you my really favorite cannot. groups of people are these um, like crazy um, like Eastern Europeans who will who will like. Redundant. <laughs> <laughs> who will use like a tin can and an old microwave to to like talk communicate with a satellite um and that's not quaint out there that's cutting edge and i wish you <laughs> <some slack. laughs> and it's and it's cheap and it's amazing and i'm sure it's in, like incredibly satisfying but like that's not the norm most it's people more noble just spend... savage bullshit hmm? sorry go ahead continue <laughs> um and and so all these crafting things just get really ex- expensive really fast um and even 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 baking which i got into like i like cooking and baking i chose baking in college because it's like i cannot afford to cook yeah consistently as a hobby because the inputs are so much more expensive baking i can at least convince myself like all right flour sugar egg milk that shit's usually pretty cheap not anymore thank thank you inflation fuck that it's not cheap at all yeah but even then as you level up you get into like yeah, but if you really want to step it up, now you need a little vanilla bean. Vanilla bean is not cheap. Or like, now you need a little, I, you want to be interesting, add some botanicals like rose water. And it's like, again, not cheap. Like, it gets expensive fast 
And that's not even the tools used to assemble it. That's just the inputs. It's just the raw materials. KitchenAid's not cheap. Like one of those nice hand mixers are really expensive. Like you can do uh, craft hobbies on the cheap, but it's not, it's only satisfying for so long. Like as you get deeper into it, you will start outlaying a decent amount of money. And like, it's just an inherent flaw in those hobbies. Like you have to buy the input materials in order to make the thing. You have to buy the tools. Like all of those require money. Uh, There's typically, if you're really into the hobby, there's usually more things you want to try, which involve more inputs and more tools. And it just, it's a a never ending treadmill. Yeah. And once you're involved in like, in the community, you're going to be around people who just have more and it's, it's hard. So much pressure. Yeah. It's, it's hard to just ignore it. And it it can just, you know, independent of judgment, it can just kind of feel bad. Um, Yeah. That's sort of the problem. Like as we go through this, this list here, it's like, yeah, there are hobbies that are fun. Absolutely. But what are ones that are like accessible that both make me a better person and connect me uh, to communities and other people where I feel like I, I can do some good and the, the like collectible and, and crafting stuff. Like it has a real appeal to me, like especially when you talk about that, like right to repair, I can do uh, repair your items magic. That's really cool. Yeah. Like I have a real, you know, this probably comes from a, a place of, of neediness, but like when I play like, video games i love being you know the the technician the the person that uh, no one wants to do the targeting for the artillery thing but it needs to get done and i can do that for you make your life a little easier on the server oh someone needs to be the demo man the the guy that or brings the shield when you breach the door guy who sets up the explosives so you can go through the wall like i like having a utility i can bring to people and being able to say like oh man i can What's wrong with your car? Oh, yeah. no, I, I can save you some money right now. It feels personally good, and it's materially you know, good for the person I'm helping out. Uh, ham radio sounds great, like especially growing up. I think ham radio has been kind of uh, made irrelevant, a little bit like replaced. It has. Just by like, mo- just by, like modern. It, it, like a lot of things modern do the things that ham radio sought to do and almost did. Like do you really need ham radio when you have – Omegle, which is functionally the same thing, but you can wave your dick. <laughs> True. I, I genuinely, I'm not sure. Like, I really liked ham radio because in South Florida, I don't know if you turn this on. Uh, you, if you, you go on the FM stations, you got like Magic 102.7, 94.9 Zeta, the rock station. And of course, you got Power 96.5, Kulo, 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 DJ Laz. All the other stations are just CIA numbers. You, you, you flip to them and it's just like 24, <laughs> 31, <laughs> 91. And ham radio people would tell me down there, like, oh, it's really cool. You can uh, connect to all the different stations. And then usually, like, two weeks later, there'll be a news thing there. And I'm like, wow. And you can connect to people all around the world. It was neat. You know, your, your shit's going to satellites and coming back down to some guy in an Estonian village whose mother hates him, but he loves her. And, that, and it's just he wants to talk to you about what sort of rig you run in and you, you get to do code names together. I feel like all that has been co-opted elsewhere. Yeah. Um, and that bums me out a little bit because again there is a little bit of of magic to that connect connecting with other people felt magical before and now it feels like strap in a a little bit i think probably unless you get into a specific niche of of ham radio stuff like like building super cheap um transmitters and receivers and trying to like there's this thing called poda and soda parks on the air and and something on the air and and you try and reach as many people from a park using a really really simple receiver or a transmitter 
Um, and that's kind of cool. Um, but, uh, I think if you do like voice communication and stuff like that, you're likely going to run into mostly boomers talking about their, like what meds they're on. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Which is not so fun. You say, oh, a park, park on the air. What? So I set up a a radio station in a public park and, and broadcast some, some music. Like, why do I need to do that? Like 15 years ago, I set up a Winamp internet radio station that just played Tom Green's The Bum Bum Song on repeat. And I'll be honest, I had like a steady 20 to 25 listeners on that thing. <laughs> what am I going into a park for? I think it's just to to have done it and to have done it with other people who have also done the same thing. Right? It's it's not that different from like geocaching, I guess. Yeah. Um. You know, there's there's a website with there's this many people who have managed to transmit this far from this place. And then you can follow in their footsteps and have done the same thing. It's not so much about because you could accomplish the same thing in, in a number of different ways. But, you know, do you find value in having done it that specific way with those people who are, you know, very into that that thing? If you're not into the thing, then maybe yeah, it's not for you. But. I do like that the end of that craft hobby is, I mean, a a lot of them are like this, but the end point of a lot of craft hobbies is some sort of communicative social thing, right? Like the end point of baking is like you're sharing it with people or same with cooking. The end point of cars is actually car meets where you talk about cars with other car people. Like, yeah, it's usually like our favorite Brett. Brett, those are awful. They're so much fun sometimes, especially now that you have more like weird car uh, meet offshoots going now, where do you have a lot of like, uh, the regular car reviews guy has car meets. Those are fun. Those are fucking weird too. Cause that guy's just a bizarre entertaining man. And so there's a lot of like weird car meets that are fun, but I, I like that. That's the end point of craft hobbies, but I do think craft hobbies, like they have their limitations. They're costly. Um, my favorite example you have to build a skill set. My favorite example of this is, is, um, is 3d printers because they don't really, they're not really good for that much. Um, you can do some things with them. Uh, but mostly what people do is they like, they, they'll get one or two. And if you're rich, you get like a bunch of them. And then you just kind of discover that they're, you can just benchmark them and see how fast they go and print little boats. Like everybody's really into printing these little boats. And then you hang out with other people who've bought 3d printers and are also printing boats. And then you just talk about all the boats you're printing and then you talk about the food you're cooking and then you like every 3D printer community has like a, a food channel, uh, a hot, like a, a yeah, it just like, becomes a normal conversation. Yeah, yeah. Right? It starts with like, hey, yeah, we bought this really unique thing that makes these stupid little gizmos. Yeah. Uh, but also, how's your day going? <laughs> yes, exactly. And, and that's what a lot of craft hobbies turn into, which I like. But like I always see craft hobbies as like you're, it is external, right? I'm doing things externally. And uh, the hobbies that I don't get into as much that are fascinating to me are the like the uh, self-maintenance, self-discovery, self-improvement hobbies of like, I'm going to go running, I'm going to climb a fucking mountain, yeah. right? Like, or even the like, I'm going to do ayahuasca and see if I can experience ego death. Like, all of that shit is fascinating to me. The internal hobbies is how I see them. Yeah, like something where, where it's more outbound. Like, I want things where, for, for me, something where there's a low barrier to entry financially because that also sets who is in that hobby, right? Like, yeah. I, broke working class people... Uh, don't have access to certain hobbies. So for me, being unable to get away from my own personal politics, like I want, when the conversation starts, I want it to be with people 
that I have commonalities with and that I can maybe grow relationships with and make them become longstanding things and really like provide value to the community. And if I'm in like the designer watch space, I both can't participate in it as strongly and the population I'm joining is gated. Uh, it's gated against a lot of people that I would prefer be in there. So for me, like some of the craft ones, I maybe not for, for me, just recap, uh, uh, cars, I am, I'm going thumbs. I, I like the, the idea of cars, but for me, it's thumbs down just because I don't think I, I live in New York. It's, I'm not going to be able to get into it. What about you, Evan? I have my car. I like my car, but I don't think I can afford to be a car guy. <laughs> okay. Ham radio. I, I'm, I'm down just because I feel like I already have niche and alienating hobbies. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you so much about the lore of Eorzea and the primals, and that somehow is less alienating than if I pinned you down and told you about my ham radio uh, trials and tribulations. You know what I mean? I am thumbs down I think I'm for down. 10 to 15 years until enough boomers have died off to make the hobby more interesting. Because I, I, th- yeah, I think then it's just the going to be different sorts of weirdos. Yeah, that's fine. It's just going to be fine. people I'll that love vinyl. I'll take younger weirdos. I will take younger weirdos over the current group. All right. And, and baking, I have to say, for me, thumbs up. That's thumbs up. I, I think that's it's great. a good hobby. I mean, that is that makes your life better. It's more affordable than the other ones. And it does have a great social impact. Like, if I'm like, hey, do you want this wooden doorstop that looks like an elf that I, I whittled out of wood? People will be like, no. But now I have to take it. If you show up with with cupcakes or whatever, no one's just like "fuck you, buddy." Like everyone likes. <laughs> they it. do if you do it enough. They feel like they're gaining <laughs> weight. <laughs> but yeah, no, That's it's their true. Problem, though. It's a it's a it is a great uh, uh, gross term, social lubricant. But it, it really is. Brett, you were you got such good reactions in the military when yeah. when you were baking for people that you didn't. You just started to expect it so much you didn't even recognize when you were being viciously hit on by your commander. <laughs> <laughs> I did get really There's positive your... reactions in the military when I was baking, like nonstop. There was, uh, there's always a little bit of skepticism when people don't know if you're actually good at the thing when you bring in baked goods. There's a little bit of like, oh, is this some like box bullshit? Does this dude even know what they're doing? Uh, and then, you know, they try two or three things where you're actually good at it. And then it becomes like, oh shit, I'm fucking excited now. Like what new weird thing did you make? Oh, I'll try it. That sounds crazy, man, but I'll try it. Cause it's you and you get that kind of reaction after a while. And that yeah, is it's awesome. The, the epitome of that, like cargo dropping something yeah. good where you want nothing in return. I would like, do that. I would giving... show up at work on my day off, put down a dessert, give it 15 minutes. It would be gone. And then I just go back home. All of a sudden, people are like, oh, Brett's here. Why am I slightly more excited than I was a second ago? And You know what? It can be about your personality, or it could be the hope that you have something saccharine in your bag. Either are fine. People are happy to see you. People are happy. Exactly. All right. So what's more like outgoing experiential stuff then? Well, how do you feel about music festivals? I've actually never been to a music festival. So I'm, I'm open to it. I know people that go to Burning Man uh, that even still go to Burning Man. They're like, it's great. Yeah, it's it's it, there's a lot of annoying people around you, but there's a lot of annoying people around you when you're doing your favorite thing in your home in New York. Yeah, they're they're what? they're definitely not for me, but there are good experiential events. My biggest worry. With How them, do you know they're not for you? I've gotten to one. I've gotten to two actually. Gone to, I haven't got a burning. What man. two did you go to? I, I went to a um, fish concert with a friend. <laughs> All right. Got super high, yep. and that was fun. Sure, but I still didn't yeah, like that... the music. Sorry, fish. Um, and then I went to. 
I don't, I'm not going to count Lollapalooza. That doesn't count as a music festival, right? For this, it completely not, does. Oh, okay. Damn hard, hard take. Well, no, I there's to me there's almost a separation between uh, jam band and uh, Burning Man type that's, music festival. That's true. Like, that's like true. there's a delineation in my head. That's why I said it. But I've been to Lollapalooza two, three times. There's parking lot uh, shows where like the the whole show is the parking lot beforehand. That feels like fish. Yeah. And then there's like music, like your Coachellas or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Right? But yeah, no, I, I've been to a few festivals. They're fun. I I definitely like the Lollapalooza type stuff. It was good. My biggest worry with all of those is they just get more fucking expensive and harder to get into over time. Especially isn't Burning isn't that a big problem with Burning Man? Now it's like they have corporate sponsors and shit. Not like officially, but they basically do. Um, I mean, the class there's there's absolutely a class structure there when you get there. Um, the weirdest thing that happens is you'll you'll show up to an act like some some stage and some big name will be performing and you'll be like, oh, it's it's so-and-so is performing here. Amazing. And, and everybody will be, you know, dirty and dusty and you think, Oh, this is great. And then some people will show up on segues without a speck of dust on them. And you'll think, wait, where did they come from? And how did they, they get here? Um, and then, you know, you, you hear that there's people eating like refrigerated sushi out there from the, the Google camp. And it just, it feels kind of, kind of bad so maybe like burning man isn't really the way to go because it really is just crazy expensive but um you could become one of those guys who like grows dreads and and wears like a, a drug rug and nobody really knows where their money money comes from exactly but they just keep showing up and yeah. people give them food and that's that's probably pretty affordable buddy i don't need to go to burning man to look dirty wear a poncho and have someone give me food for free that's why i go to cons that's why i go to anime conventions that that, that this is just me walking around new york city I, although okay that's another well, the conventions that's another are good, experiential thing too yeah oh yeah so that's what something i'm thinking about getting into that is like an outgoing community thing because i feel like if i do burning man now the idea was like the community and it would like be a betterment of self but i kind of worry that like going to festivals is just at this point, it's just like a consumption habit. It's like people who's like, my personality is my Netflix queue. It is a consumption. It's like, am, am I meeting people there? Am I forging like meaningful, continuous relationships such that, you know, if you go enough, Persona yes. 5 confident rank is uh, increasing? Well, you go with a camp and you, you really get to know the people in the camp. But I have to say Burning Man just kind of seems to hit different after COVID, I guess. Because there were just so many people who decided to go like right mid mid pandemic where it's just like oh this is not really a great time to go do a social gathering i i always knew you folks were were kind of like this but it was kind of not trying to think about it too much and then it just kind of makes obvious that this this is a sort of fundamentally libertarian exercise and eh, maybe yeah. maybe you don't really want to yeah the bacchanalian expression of self doesn't really lend itself to public health measures <laughs> nope. too well. no really really doesn't <laughs> can't believe it um, bullshit so you mentioned cons yeah. Brett and i do have to say i love i've always said i love passion i love people that like have a hobby and they are just full bore into it and they don't care what you think and I feel like that is kind of like anime, cosplay, all that shit. What, what I'm pitching here is what if, as a hobby, I just became a full-on weeb? Like like just eating Pocky, running like Naruto, 
getting thrown out of the maid cafe for being too nervous, just fully embracing it. I'll be honest. There's a I pretty would... giant community around that now. Yeah. And they seem pretty happy. They do. They do. I am a little jealous of how happy they seem. Anime. It brings them delight, which to me is the hardest thing to find, right? Yeah. In the modern era. So like if it's bringing them delight, there's something about it that is intriguing. Yeah, I'm engaging with a lot of anime stuff right now. And first of all, it's a huge part of the culture. One of the like two or three podcasts ago, we had uh, Babs and Christiane uh, on talking about anime and being a weeb and ex- explaining all that. And I didn't know, it's, I don't know the percentage, she said, but it, it's something like 40% of all media created, period, now is like anime <laughs> production. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it's, it's mainstream anime now. Anime so is you don't mainstream. Have, like, We've got the, if, if NBA and NFL stars constantly talk about anime and wear naruto shirts and shit like you're good it's fine yeah i i I have to say too i mean right now i'm pretty weebed up in terms of like uh my gaming structures people keep saying i need to watch chainsaw man apparently that's really good and you want to talk about like producing endorphins endorphins are in such short supply in my brain and and others that like one thing the japanese do really well again another great uh, beginning to a sentence uh, <laughs> is they they can they can sit there and edge narratively and wait until you you know in the the framework of the story bust one of those nuts that come out at like seventy miles an hour and clear they make the epic <laughs> anime moment the Japanese do well as edge so good <laughs> they, they really do I'm not they, they'll, they'll, I just love this I love the thing about thing about final fantasy that's great is it's like as long as infinite jest and they're just like oh that was pretty good huh 16 more hours of build up until the next one and you're like well okay i mean you've delivered before fuck it yeah this doesn't feel bad i'll sit through like so the other day i took what terrence mckenna would call uh, a transcendent and gnostic amount of mushrooms and downloaded ace combat 7 for four dollars and uh, I got to say, after that experience, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what it's like to be St. Paul the Apostle. <laughs> like, it was awesome. Like, it, it, it was perfectly... Do you know what Ace Combat is? No. Yeah. Okay, so neither did I. But I was on Steam, and I was going through Steam sales, because that's the level I'm at. I'm like, what can I buy for $2? And there was a Steam sale where this Japanese console, computer, you play it with the controller, it's like Star Fox, I guess. It's like a airplane video game. It's like two dollars. Okay, and it was on the featured page because they did a um, a collaboration with Top Gun. So they put all the Top Gun Maverick uh, music and planes and all of them in the game. And I'm like, okay, I'll give this a try. Why not? And it is fucking awesome at producing endorphins. It it is like. Between that and Persona, I'm already like, this This shit is excellent. I feel great. And people keep telling me there's more of it. Ace Combat, just, I'm going to pitch this to the, the listener now because it's cheap and it, it's amazing. Is one of the, it's in the genre of games that are like, it's okay for men to, to not tear up, but do that thing where like you have to breathe long and slow for like 30 <laughs> seconds. It's in the, the field of dreams, old yeller genre uh where, where like cowboy movie there's style. just yes there's just something about like okay we are going to put beautiful orchestral scores on this stuff right we're gonna do all the communication through radio transmission which i love like oral histories i love when it's just like you're doing a thing and the narrative fits a particular medium so all the story is in people like calling you like your solid snake being like xyz whatever it does the thing where it's like 
you're in a beautiful dogfight in the sky with this orchestral score that they actually have it so it's dynamic. So if you're in a dogfight, there's this beautiful string score going and you're lining up the missile and all that and it's dun da dun da dun da dun da dun and the music will stay going dun da dun da dun da dun da dun da dun waiting for you to actually land the missile and as soon as you launch it it's like Fox 2 and then it explodes then the swell will start. Oh, yeah. So you're just like, oh, I'm busting. <laughs> <laughs> it does the, the dudes rock sad thing where it's like, oh, my homie, I've, I've done so many missions on. He just lost his commander. And he's and you're all flying into the area of operations. Uh, the pilots there are like, oh, wow, it's the special flight squadron are here. And they're bringing their two aces. And your wingman's like, they don't know that, that Jeff got shot down in the last mission. We don't, we don't have... And then the most epic anime score you've ever heard starts playing <laughs> and your combat controller goes, that's correct. All units be advised. We are approaching with a unit of five aces now. And the guy's like, I believe in myself now. And just a single tear rolls down. And you're like, I hope no one, I didn't cry at my grandmother's funeral, but this got me for some reason. It, it's, it's fucking great. A, a lot of moments where it's just like, uh, the mission is you're on a penal battalion and they put everyone up in, in planes because they've been surprised attacked, but all your weapons are locked and then everything goes wrong. And they're just like, keep flying as a decoy over the base. You're just there as fodder. And then everyone gets killed. And the, and the last combat controller there is just like, Oh, we're going to die weapons free. And then highway to the danger zone starts playing at full Fuck volume yeah. and all your missiles come online and people are like strider two active. It's so fucking good. And anime is all that. It's all, why am I depriving myself of that? Yeah. I could have a community. I'm going to have to look over some very questionable illustrations over time, it seems. But otherwise, it seems Small like people are pay, getting honestly. endorphins there. You go to cons and, and people are, I'm seven feet tall. There's probably like a, half of, of animes have a seven foot tall white guy in yeah, them for some that's reason. True. I could do cosplay. I, can, I don't have big titties, but I have other things people don't have and, and might f find like works for the character. I'm kind of thinking anime might might be it the weeb is awesome too because it's a persona with a collection of hobbies so you can just pick and choose within them that you like right like anime obviously is the backbone to it but it's like do you also get into manga do you get into cosplay or are you just anime and i go to the conventions and enjoy the other people's cosplay right like do i do i get into being the dude who eats pocky all the time right do i dress in weeb clothes like there's just a bunch of layers to it i love i love the collection of hobbies uh, that form that identity you're already good there's at just a lot of poster. fun options what's that so you're already good at dance dance revolution like that's definitely a thing at cons that 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 does apply under the weeb umbrella i gotta say that you just bum me out a little bit <laughs> because i i am in the the fallow zone so there's two ways to do dance dance revolution and actually dance and choreography in general a lot of people don't know this, but I had years of like acro and ballet training growing up. And so like, you know, people like seeing dance and DDR and dance in general is really great when it's like young fit people absolutely hitting the apex. Like I am absolutely impressed when someone does like max unlimited, they're holding the bar behind them and stomping 300 steps a second or what, like that's a minute, whatever. That's incredible. And then if you see an old ass guy get on the DDR and he's like, I think I could do healing vision on expert still. And he's just <laughs> fucking clod stomping all over the thing. That's cool too. Or if I see a 50 year old man with a gray beard popping and locking, I'm like, yes, you know who I hate everyone in between. Everyone hates the age gap in between. If I went because I think it's funny to be miserable. I went on a double date 
to uh, not Barnes and Noble. What's it called? The Borders. Dumb. No, the the arcade place. It's uh, Dave and oh, Buster's. Dave and Buster's okay. yeah. I went to the Times Square Dave and Buster's on a double date recently, uh, thinking that would be a good time. Uh, it it wasn't. It's also weirdly expensive. And I got Price on the DDR pads, and I'm just I'm I have just enough proficiency still to look like I'm doing a bad job. <laughs> like I still look like someone who should be able to not collapse halfway through. Like when the the break comes. I shouldn't be crumpling over, but I am. So it's not actually impressive. It's just taking the pads away from someone who could be having fun. Fair. You could still, you could still enjoy that at conventions, though. I think that's what I like about that's about true, like yeah. more, more the convention scene is they they seem pretty broad about the the different interests and hobbies within them that they're willing to accept. So it's like, yeah, I might just be into this one manga, or like I just like DDR, and it's like that's yeah, probably represented at the con. Like, go forth, have fun. Like you will see something there that you like, and I love that. I don't know. It's just the, the. I guess now it's so big and multifaceted that I'm kind of being unkind. Where I'm like, yeah, but I don't. It, it, like, if you get into anime, is it required that you download Discord and do seven years in a federal prison, or is that just like that only? That's it doesn't seem that optional based no, on the people on optional. Twitter, but that's a very self-selecting. It's group the same way where for a while it was like, okay, well, if I get into anime, do I also have to buy Weeb NFTs? And no, you don't have to do that. You don't need to get into crypto. That's just a fun offshoot. It's pick and you don't have to do that. You also don't have to draw really creepy uh, shit online. You don't have to do that. You can. Do they know that? Is this just a matter of they don't have the information? (laughs) Because I don't think anybody, I don't think, I I think there are some people that are born with it. I I, I just realized it is a stand-in for uh, illustration-based pedophilia. (laughs) But but a good, but like that's, if you look at the pie chart of people in anime, especially as it's gotten so big, that can't be everyone. It's not. You know, like some people, some people are, and I, I do not. With, like I don't dispute this. Some people are the Joe Namath of a Phoebophilia, and those people are <laughs> are what they are. But it seems like there's a lot of people that are like raised into getting very weird through anime. In the same way that you get music people who are like, oh yeah, I love these five genres, and the more they get into it, they're like, I only like noise with Henry Rollins kicking a bucket literally over it. And it starts to get kind of alienating. I wonder if this the I see segmentation of anime. Because if if I want to bond with other people and be in a community, we have to be shared experiences of popular shows. Yeah. If I'm not doing that, I'm just going super niche. Have you have you seen uh, Utena Eleven Slice of Car Life? Like what the fuck is now? I'm even weirder. I've made myself there weirder. Is, no, you haven't. That exists. I was gonna say. I would. I would say the metaphor is. Uh, it's a swimming pool, right? Everybody's in it. Everybody's enjoying anime. Unfortunately, you know, the grade at the bottom of the pool is off. So sometimes uh, people get a little too curious about the very dangerous area and get sucked in and it's not good. And that's where the creepy shit happens down there when it comes to anime stuff. But like everybody else who's still swimming around normal, no problems, right? Like they're enjoying themselves. They're having a good time. But anything on the internet has that. There's just like a really creepy black hole somewhere within the community that you need to avoid. Yeah, but... It does seem like if you're picking hobbies, you have a plethora of options where that is just never going to be something you have to contend with as part of the hobby or with other people. You aren't going to a Brooklyn woodworking class and there's someone who's just like Pygmalion-esque, like, do you like it? I've sculpted a, a chibi Ray Ayanami. That doesn't happen I once. I hope that person never happened. There is The thing is, they're on... 
We might be creating them right oh, now. God. There is something about anime, I think, that does rot your brain. Like, regardless of where you are in the pool, and you, you can you can be conscious of it and and make sure your brain rots slowly from it. But I think it's kind of always there. Yeah, it's like it's like taking up smoking to become less cool. But everyone fucking loves it now. I don't know. I maybe I'm just out I'm probably just a boomer right now. I feel like I, I feel I don't like know. it's a big enough pool now that you'll be all right. Yeah. Like it's it's a lot okay, so easier are, to engage with it casually than it used to be. That's definitely true. Are we thumbs are we thumbs up on going full weeb? I'm thumbs up. That that's yeah, where I we're thumbs up for that. Going yeah. full weeb gets a thumbs up. I wouldn't okay. have thumbs up it like even seven years ago, but now yeah, sure. Yeah, why not? Why not? They seem, especially because they're one of the few groups of people that I'm aware of now in the year of our Lord 2022 that seem to have any joy in their life. So, yeah, fuck it. Thumbs up. Do you know what community seems really happy and really full of joy and really accepting and just overjoyed? I'm ready for it. (laughs) They do. Fuck, they do yeah, seem they, happy. They really... Although that one is not one I'm curious about, but they do seem happy. I'm not that curious either, that one, but right. you, you can't deny how much of our infrastructure they are responsible for. True. I, I don't want to do that you got to give it to them, but you kind of do. Yeah. That was really something awful's only mistake, I think it's fair <laughs> to say, is from the earliest era, they, they just had open season on furries. Yeah. Like, oh, these guys are pathetic and, and weird and, and creepy. And then it turned out, um, those guys were nutting more than anyone and really not that bothered by all the shit because they seem to have their own entire cities and infrastructure built up just just out of glance of everybody else. That's also one that I deeply, deeply am envious of. You know, because like I, I'm someone where, let me at least try it before I knock it, right? right? Like I have looked at Maid Miriam in the Fox version of Robin Hood so many times <laughs> and I can't get it to work. No, it's just, that light there. doesn't come there's on for me. There. But if it did, can you imagine? I mean, even if you were socially anxious, sure, there's some startup costs. I am going to have to pay for like a, a seven-foot overly detailed fursuit of like a walrus. But <laughs> I'm going to be walking through the fucking furry con like Moses parting the Red Seas. Like, like I, I don't even – no one has to see my face. I don't even have to talk. You could just walk around, roll up to the bar with your two polyethylene fucking tusks sticking out of your face and go like, woof, and someone gets you a Long Island iced tea. That's better than anything that happens when I enter bars. <laughs> there is a there's a, a beauty and simplicity to it that I respect. I appreciate that they... It's insane to me that somehow furries are the ones who have created their own social system that works for them. Yeah. Totally separate from ours, and yet somehow that is true. I mean, would you say it completely works? There seems to be a constant it, level of, of drama and, and like they really are sort of radically accepting to a degree that's that's kind of a problem. But except except unlike the rest of us, they actually realized, hey, Nazis are bad. We'll just kick them out. Like the furries figured that shit out already. Yeah, that's and true. Like, there's still a little bit of drama of like, eh, did we did people on the edge here are being sketchy, but like. They very correctly identified, oh, those are bad actors. Let's punt their ass. We have deplatformed you from the Des Moines Radisson, now <laughs> and forever. And the thing is, that kind of works, because if you're a Nazi furry, where where do you go? Twitter. The other Nazis think you're degenerate. Yeah, Twitter. Elon, <laughs> Elon, will, Elon will unfreeze your account. Godspeed. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, they do seem to have a nice system. I like, I, I respect it. No interest on my end, but like, good for them. They do seem to be having the best time. Yeah, they do. So I have to say, for me, unfortunately, furries gets a a 
thumbs down just because I think there are hobbies that I am gated out of through nature. Yeah. Like there's no world in which I am going to enjoy being a gymnast. I looked into rock climbing and it's just like, oh yeah, being tall is good. You can stretch further. It's like, oh yeah. So like, I'm like six, six, seven, two fifty, And they're like, eh, you know what? Don't take up rock climbing. <laughs> no, there's, there's a limit. You're not, you're not going to be hanging out. They're like, let me ask you this. Uh, how long can you hang on a monkey bar? And I'd be like in milliseconds. And they're like, you know what? Take your group on elsewhere. <laughs> I've tried so hard to get into rock climbing. Cause for whatever reason, it looks well, every physicist rock climbs. I don't know why it is. But I'm just a- completely true. alienated because I, I, I don't do it. But you know what? I, it's just not for me. I used to. It's, it's a lot of fun. I never got into like, you know, free climbing or anything crazy bullshit. But just, you know, normal belay climbing is a lot of fun. It's an amazing workout. Brett, no, nobody was expecting you to get into free climbing. Oh, it, that's the... Why are you it's, why are you apologetically same, saying you'd be lay? So it's the same thing with most communities where there's levels of like intensity as you get into it. That that's how a lot of rock climbing feels too, of like, oh, you're not like real hardcore unless you and it's just like I'm I'm not real hardcore then. I'm I accept that. I'm fine with that. You know what? There is something to that. What's the guy who did the free solo? Like Alex Honnold? Alex Honnold. So I saw a fa- and I recommend this, a fascinating YouTube video where this guy, Mattis, I think his name is, Mitbo. He's like the greatest rock climber in Sweden or whatever. He he came over to interview Alex Hanold, and he's out in Nevada, out just right outside Vegas climbing one of those big things. And he's there to interview him or whatever. And this actually was uncool. Uh, it showed Alex Hanold actually is a little bit of like an unhinged psychopath because over this like 35-minute video, this guy who is a international top-tier rock climber just there to talk to Alex about climbing and his journey and all that's like – well, you know, I'm a client. I was going to climb today. So if you want to come up with me, it's an easy free solo. I mean, an easy free solo, like nothing up there is going to give you trouble. Right. And the guy's like, yeah, well, you could see him visibly becoming like pit of his stomach nervous. Like, oh, I think we'll just stick to the interview today. <laughs> and then over the next 10 minutes of the video, it is Alex handled psychopathically manipulating him and bullying him. Like, oh, I'm just saying, you know, like you're a good climber. People know you're a good climber. I mean, don't you think the video would be better yep. if you were like, yeah. I mean, you could shoot it from down here looking at me and he got him to go up and this guy's really good. And he felt the pressure to be like, what are you going to put in some fucking spikes and hang next to me? I mean, I'm going to be, or you could just, you know, you could have an experience. There is that. Yeah. Whole yeah. Life. That is a thing. And in a lot just of like, hobby groups. This was not cool. And he did it and filmed him guys like having a panic attack on like, Oh, what if I just pass out here? And he's like, Oh man, that won't happen. And he's like, Oh, I forgot about this stretch of rock. Yeah, this is a little slippery, but you'll be fine after that. And I'm just like, this man, Alex, is completely okay with possibly killing yep. this guy trying to make a YouTube video. And if that's going on at the upper level, I know I'm just dumb enough to be like, ah, oh, it's just a scramble. You know, just a boulder. What's what's the <laughs> issue? And then dead. That's why I, I just stuck to, there's a lot of hobbies like that where there's this, there's a fun uh, amateur or semi-amateur level where it's like it's a good time you got into it you're getting a lot of the positives out of it and then there's this huge gulf and it's just a bunch of psychopaths at the top or that's how it feels it feels like there's no intermediate the minute you hit intermediate people just bully you because you're not an expert yeah and broad climbing was one of those where i was like i'm good a lot of a lot of athletic activities feel that way to me of like there's a level where like you're just having a good time uh and you're enjoying the like physical gains from it you're enjoying the experience of being outside or feeling better feeling fit and then you run into the people who are like this is my fucking life 
all I do is lift. All I do is hike. Like when I was in Colorado, there was a lot of that. And it's just like, I, that's too fucking much. Calm down. Weightlifting kind like, of felt, felt like that when I was getting into it. And I mean, really at every level, everybody was telling you you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Weightlifting, weightlifting yeah, is one of I've the more toxic your, communities I've seen. Yeah. I've, I've seen your like uh, lift videos that you post, Evan. <laughs> That is not how you deadlift. There's a lot of hip action going on. I would call security too. I, I, honestly, weightlifting is a more toxic community than other athletic communities because for some reason, male eating disorder shit got merged into it. And so it's just that part not I love. healthy. Yeah, yeah, no, there's some funny parts about it, but like it's just not a healthy group of humans as a result. Like, and it just created a really like gross interaction. But other ones like hiking is normal for most of it. Swimming is pretty fucking normal across the board. But you do reach a level at which people are like, oh, well, now you need to be an expert. And you're like, I, I don't want to do that. I just want to enjoy this, but at a slightly higher level than I was before. Swimming, I would definitely do. But I love swimming. I mean, material stuff. In New York? Yeah, you just have to have access. You can't swim. so hard. You can't fucking that swim. That Where you're do you like swim? You're geographically limited with swimming. Like yeah. anyone, I, I do think pretty much anyone can swim regardless of like physical capability. That's the nice part about swimming is like even if you can barely move or only do small movements, you can still swim and enjoy it and get some positives out of it. But you do need to have access. And like that, that just sucks. Speak, speaking of a, a water-based one, this is, I'm, I'm genuinely a little nervous and embarrassed to say this one because I'm actually kind of into this right now. Intellectually. You know, it's one of those things like uh, working on myself where I'm like, I'm definitely going to do that. And I forgot about yachts. it three weeks later. Own a mega yacht? Yeah, me too. <laughs> no, I, I mean... <laughs> Would you want to own no, a mega yacht? No. I want a tiny little wooden sailboat. Seem... That's like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So Brett, maybe you'll like this. Uh, I'm, I'm, this is embarrassed. And maybe this is the Florida jumping out, but I've been really looking into uh, kite surfing oh, yeah. videos. Oh, it's like fun. Because it does it on the one hand, it is like having your own little sailboat. Like it is aviation. You will die if you fuck around. It, if you fuck it, around it's not a parachute. Will, yeah. It is like it will lift. It's the wind. It doesn't care about you, right? And and so it is like an extreme sport. It's an athletic sport. Uh, but the thing I like about it is the barrier to entry, you know, because I, I go to like the Reddit or the forum. And it's just like, okay, what do I have to do to get into this? And of course, every post is like, please do not buy the the X twenty four Ultimate <laughs> Air Flyer Dynamo. Uh, you will die immediately, which actually is a theme to a lot of these outdoor, outdoor <laughs> yeah. ones. Yeah, there's another that, one that coming part, up that, that I got, part of the outdoor hobbies. I got I got to tell you about this other one in a second, but uh, but when I was reading the thing, it was just like, here's how you start: go buy a kite, get the B two slingshot for 150 dollars, and just fly the kite. 99 percent of it is keeping a kite in the air and controlling it, and every single like comment underneath it is just like i thought this was bullshit but it turns out flying a kite is just inherently pleasant and everyone likes it and i was like wait a second <laughs> like one comment a guy was just like dude nobody gets more pussy than a dude with a kite and i was like Haha. And then i thought about it for a second and it's just like if you go to a park or a public place who's the most stressed out there like look around normally it's it's someone who looks like me and you overhear them talking about like the means of production and you're like it's too loud on this side of the park but you know who's not stressed the guy with the kite like he's always having a great day yeah nobody's ever been flying a kite uh but then pulled it down and opened fire on a crab <laughs> no. that has not happened even one Open time fire with compliments so that's one where it's just like oh you know what i don't have the money or time or i can afford lessons for this 
Damn, what a bummer. Oh, wait, no, it isn't. I'm literally flying a kite. I right used now. to fly model airplanes as a kid, which is like a lot more expensive than kites, but same idea. Very relaxing. How do you fly model? Are you talking about like, like just the RC ones? gliding or the RC. RC ones? Oh, yeah, that's fun. Let me, okay, real quick. This is a, a lived experience here. Um, I really have a bias against RC okay. stuff because when I was nine years old, I was at a park in South Florida. And it just rained, and there was a big field, and the bike path went way out, like a mile, and it looped around. And there's just a big field that I could cut through. And it was a little marshy, but I was like, it's fine, and my bike's going, and I'm riding. And I make it about a quarter of the way through the field, and then my bike tires sink into the muck. So I have to get off, and I'm just walking my bike. And it's like maybe two football fields still to the other end, but it is a shortcut. And something buzzes my head at very low altitude, and I realized... I had stumbled onto the RC helicopter and plane field, and uh, that community was not considerate to a fucking nine-year-old getting <laughs> stuck in the mud out there. They all started doing low passes and buzzing over me until I got out of the field. And then when I walked by, they're like, hey, bitch, don't walk in our fucking Jesus field Christ. ever again. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, were you trying to hit me? And they're like, next time I might. Imagine <laughs> being that angry flying a model airplane. <laughs> It was all of them. It, was, it wasn't like one person was like, hey, I'm a father. None of those people were either childless or wanted to kill their children. And they were realizing those, those fucking fantasies on me. And I, it stuck with – it was so – I remember feeling the prop blast of one of those helicopters. Those things do damage. Oh, yeah, damage. they would kill you. They're like the size of a basketball. They, they kill – there was a guy on a Brooklyn promenade that got one of those point-of-view – first person yeah. drone things and was like i'm gonna take this for a flight and in five minutes he decapitated himself trying to zoom by and see what it was like i was in real danger because of the rc plane community so you have to sell me <laughs> hard on them being a chill welcoming space yeah i don't think i'm gonna try and do that that sounds pretty terrible it could be that the florida any community in florida inherently is like you know you think oh model planes yeah that'll be a nice serene thing and all these people in their mind are just like I'm in a mass shooting. I don't need a gun. I'd have my RC plane. <laughs> like, so is kite surfing? You're just flying the kite on a board. Yeah. So here's the part that got me, Brett. Remember in Team Fortress, conch jumping? Yes. How fun that was. Uh, those, the, those of you that don't know, uh, because you were born in a, a current era and not a goddamn antebellum one, basically. Conch jumping is this idea where you throw down a concussion grenade and then you know it's like radius of impact. And then if you jump or sit or stand on the grenade right when it explodes, it'll propel you into the air where you can then drop another one midair, preload it, drop it, and then jump again. And so you had these beautiful map spanning jumps that you as a scout or even an engineer could make and sort of break the game. And I remember there were lots of compilations where it's like Dido techno remix, <laughs> uh, conch jumping compilation there were conch jumping maps like surf maps and there was just something very serene to like trying to get the perfect application of force to safely propel you somewhere you're not supposed to be and from what i can tell kite surfing has that like you're on the water you're literally flying a kite you're on a board but you don't need all your boys operating a, a boat where you feel bad if you wipe out because they have to come back around and pick you up and Four manatees got run over on the intercoastal <laughs> before you even got your. It just seems very, uh, you know, other people involved. And this just seems like you fling your kite in the air and then you jump twelve feet and then you float on down. As someone who's a a big guy whose range of motion has never been that, I bet it feels great. Yeah. 
up until the point you impale yourself on a fucking telephone pole or whatever. Seems great. I mean, that's why I like swimming. The feeling of close to weightlessness is just fantastic. It's amazing. Oh, basically, it's a everything. Degree water. of physical yeah. freedom. Yeah, exactly. Everything with water, I love. That is the Florida coming out in me. Like, there's basically no water sport that I'm like. That sounds like shit. I'm like, I get it. Maybe not for me, but I get it. Kite surfing. That sounds awesome. I just could never get balanced enough for regular surfing. So maybe kite surfing is more fun for me. But like little sailboats, I love. I don't have the money to sail. I don't have the money to do any of that shit. But like the few times I've managed to do it. And it has been in horrific weather where it's like 40 degrees and raining uh, in the Chesapeake Bay because like it was a group trip thing. I was the only person who was like, I was like, this is amazing. Shut the fuck up. Stop complaining. I'm sitting here all day. And I just like hijacked the boat for hours. You, you just entered the fucking persona palace of the old bay logo and just living your best. <laughs> it was incredible. It just appeals to the like the Florida water stuff in me and then the just inherent drive i have to like explore and see more things like you feel it like you feel like you're fucking adventuring and even if you're just circling a bay i don't know it's amazing okay everything you just said is going to apply to the the next one i'm going to pitch it's water it's exploration it's that feel so i think kite surfing we're generally pro evan yeah thumbs up sounds great i don't know enough to you know, say definitively, but I, I think I that's all there is to wrong it. With it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think as long as you don't try to jump over land, like you're going to, it's very kite surfing wipeouts and fails. I highly encourage people to, to look because I'm sure people are getting injured, but they're doing it in the most Gary's mod ragdoll physics way possible. You're it really is water just, where like water hurts, but it's probably not going to break you unless you get very high up. Or yeah. like a Looney Tunes thing where you're like you're strapped in and you're like, oh, let me just turn around and check my phone real quick. Oops, I'm being dragged along a beach <laughs> like a, a piece of driftwood. <laughs> like there's just something very funny about Homer Simpson just being like, ow, 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 all the way down. Uh, but that one I can tolerate. The other one that I, is very Florida as well, and I think I've been watching even more videos of this. I'm sorry, it's not a morbid thing. Uh, it's just it's very big in Florida. It's funny. Late later in life, I'm the the Floridian hobbies are are, are making their way up. Uh, I've been watching almost every day at work underwater cave diving videos. That's just too terrifying for me. Yeah, honestly. too scary. I mean, I I watch maybe fucking I wa- I've watched maybe forty of these now, and they're very popular on YouTube, right? Because they have like the thriller, true crime. Yeah vibe you know and they fit the algorithm they're all like 16 17 yeah. minutes it's, long it's also like ghost hunting it has a similar vibe to it yeah yeah it, it, it's uh, i'm not even a true crime person there's just like something to the story structure like every west wing or gilmore girls basically the same episode following the same structure that's cave diving and as far as i can tell the process is uh you get into it you take it very seriously there's so much in florida with like limestone and there's so many springs and natural formations and sinkholes that like it's just there for the taking. And so you get really into it. You, you know, you first, you learn scuba and it's like, well, that allows you to do a lot of different stuff. And then you learn technical diving, which is like, now you can fiddle with the gizmos and your air admixtures. And I have all these different things. I got a little submarine thing and you can really like, I'm, I'm a professional, like I'm doing this right. It's extreme, but there are ways to do it to ensure safety, to have backups, fail safes for everything. It's like being a pilot. Most of what you're doing is just getting good at doing checkbook stuff, hitting the checklist uh, because people who have come before you have made sure this is a safe thing to do. And you do all of that and you, you get in the water and then this is how every single cave diving video ends. You find a plaque about 200 meters down on a rock that says, quote, 
look, I'm going to level with you. If you go into this hole, you die 100% of the time. Seriously, this happens 100% of the time. I placed this plaque, me, the guy who bolted this to this rock, and then I went 10 feet into this hole and I'm dead now. I'm serious. <laughs> you will immediately die. And then in 30 years, a drilling company is going to find your skeleton laying weird on top of mine and think we're doing some sort of amphibious gay stuff. So please do not go in this hole. Anyway, I'm running out of this space on the plaque. God bless. Can't emphasize enough. If you go 10 feet more, you will be dead in 30 seconds. And every person goes, built different and dies 30 seconds later <laughs> every single one yeah. that is that that's, is cave diving cave diving is for people who seem to love that you are almost certainly going to die it seems more dangerous than the people who want to hike everest i'm so like cave diving pilled that i'm, I'm kind of like yeah i mean it can be done safely because every story is like this guy was doing it for 20 years he's a technique he's actually he lives in Kissimmee, florida and he's one of the best uh cave diving rescue people in the world you know because they're all like just local guys that have been doing it their whole life and then inevitably even on those stories it's like they decided to go to 400 feet this time and they had everything ready they spent a year planning it and then on the day you know those two are competitive someone just said ha, race you to the bottom and it increased their tempo by 2%, thus decreasing their oxygen by 5%, thus getting the bends and uh, 30 seconds or 30 minutes in, this motherfucker's never coming up again. Every single time. Is there some amount of like, I'm willing to explore an extreme hobby based off of my comfort with the way you dive? Because for me, cave diving is one where it's like, I'm not drowning. That is not in the realm of opportunities that I am comfortable with when it comes to hobbies. So like, I'm not fucking doing any of that. I'm pretty comfortable swimming, so I don't really see that as a risk. But cave diving, that is how you go. Mountain climbing, it's like, how do you go? Like, you fall, terrifying. Uh, or for a little do, bit. Yeah. It's terrifying for a little bit and then, and then basically never terrifying again. Or or if you do, like, the high up stuff, you freeze to death. Which, like, eh, okay. I, I could see a level of comfort with that. Not drowning, though. Not drowning trapped in a fucking tiny cave. No. Nope. Nope. That one's just that a hard terrible. Pass. Yeah. Like, there's ways to go that it's like, yeah, okay, I'd consider that one. That's not one of them. I think it's because you have time to reflect. <laughs> you can you can look at your air and be like, well, 31 minutes to sit here. Uh, with your what foot happened? trapped under something? Yeah, with your foot trapped or what it really is. Like, that's why the plaques, that's what's amazing is, like, they've mapped out all these tunnels. Kids do it. Like, they shouldn't be, you know, but, but like, people do it. They do it for years. It's fine. It's just scuba. Even the tight places it's like well if you've got your extra air you, you're being very careful there's a way to do it fine but inevitably those places are marked somewhere on the route that's just like hey man like i know you think you aren't gonna silt out this entire corridor but that's what every other skeleton down here thought i promise <laughs> you you will it'll go from zero to absolutely blinding and you left your line for 10 seconds and now you're just like well i'll wait for the silt to clear it never does it, it, it just seems like so oh. miserable. That said, I don't think maybe we should apply the metric of what would dying in this hobby look like? Because I'm pretty sure woodworking doesn't have a good final outcome there. Well, you just lose limbs. You don't necessarily die. Well, I just extreme sports that happens. I'm saying for the hobbies where like it's a frequent occurrence at the high end. And yeah. there are certain hobbies. Most of them are extreme sports hobbies where like, yeah, it's a it's a frequent enough occurrence that you need to wrestle with that if you want to push it at all. Right. Cave diving. It's such a common occurrence that like you need to be real comfortable with that possibility. Yeah. So in, in general, then, of, of the constellation, 
rock climbing. Eh, I mean, I'm still pro. I love it. I maybe. enjoy it. Thumbs up. I feel like kite kiteboarding seems fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mountain climbing and underwater. It, the stuff where it's just like, you know what? I'm going to build a great community that I will then leave immediately when I die. Mountain climbing is uh, hiking, yes. Uh, the like genuine hardcore, I do, you know uh 16ers 14ers that bullshit where then it then levels up to like oh no i spent a hundred grand so that i could uh drag some nepalese people up this fucking mountain with me to see if i don't die like no fuck that also like the idea of like okay i'm gonna hiking i'm gonna take off you know four months and hike the appalachian trail Sounds awesome. When the fuck am I going to get formed? I haven't seen a tree in 10 years. I live in New York City. I wanted when to hike the Appalachian Trail for a long time. And then I started doing the calculations of just like, just the, the food you need to buy. It ends up being like 30 grand just to have like the kind of rations that you need to go the whole distance and to resupply and do those things. It's, and that was like a decade ago. I'm sure it's like fucking 50 grand now. But it was an absurd amount of money where I was like, okay, so I both need four or five months off. And I need a bunch of money. And like four months off, because I looked at it when I was in college, I was like, that I could probably manage, right? Like end of the year, spring to fall, there you have a decent amount of stretch there. It's like, I don't have the money though. So it just becomes a like, you know, it's a, once again, it's a gated hobby for people of a, a certain class and caliber. If you're lucky, you either have the money or the time. You have to be yeah, it's hard enormously to privileged to have both. Yeah. Also, maybe this is cowardly, but with hiking, like I, I don't want to victim blame here. Like I, I think if you're a woman on a subway platform late at night, and even if there's a mentally ill person like disturbing you and, and making you feel threatened, that's that like you're, I'm never going to go like, oh, well, you shouldn't be there. No, it, it's other human beings, social animals with intellect, emotional intellect as well. Like it's other people's responsibility to act right and not be threatening to their fellow man. So I, I would never victim blame in, in that way or be like, you knew what you were walking into, except with hiking, because. Fucking bears and pumas and shit don't have socialization. Yep. They they can't do better. They exp- they've let you know right up front on their fucking dating app. Uh, my primary interest is eating you if you are alone in the woods. And I see too many <laughs> videos that are like hiker experiences puma and he's holding like a stick and he just has to walk backwards and tremble. Not still going to shoot the video though, right? Because it's good content, and hope that that's my he, favorite video. Yeah. And hope he doesn't get eaten, <laughs> or like they'll just come upon a grizzly bear, and it's like, well, you that you can't stop that from happening, right? Like, yeah. the whole time I'd be out, the further I would get from civilization, the more I'd be like, well, what do I do if a, a, a bear walks by right now? Like, there's no ripcord that I can pull. That is like cave diving. That's like, well, I'm away from civilization it's just me and my tools right now yeah i think that yeah. every time i go hiking Appalachian Trail, i would say is better on that front just because it's it's such a dense region for the most part that there's just one there's not really a ton of grizzlies uh on the east i don't think there's any grizzlies in the east um versus like if you do the pacific trail yeah you're gonna run into a fuckload of grizzlies uh and probably a mountain lion or two and that's terrifying yeah but i the interactions don't happen that often for hiking outside of specific regions. How often does it have to, if I was like, you know, it's if really it's less cool, than 1%, origami. I feel like that's fine. Origami is great. I've gone to several origami classes. You know, there's about <laughs> 20 people in each of them. And statistically by my fifth one, I had someone try to kill me. You'd be like, Oh, that 1% is not good anymore. I don't want to do origami. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. Uh, no, I, I feel like the, the, the likelihood of it happening is a lot lower than you think, depending on where you go. Yes. How's it compared but, to something like 
know, driving. Oh, driving's way more dangerous. Yeah. Driving's, yeah, I guess driving's statistically yeah, the, the most dangerous thing you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I just tend to compare things to driving because it's oh, like yeah. something you a know you're comfortable with. A lot of it is with. like how, uh, you know, how lurid it is in your brain. It, you know, influences how you feel about the statistic. But yeah, driving's mm-hmm. the most dangerous one by far. Yeah. I think cave diving is probably more dangerous than driving, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. We'd have to pull that. It's it's up there. Driving is so fucking the, the, dangerous. The yeah. locus of control in cave diving probably makes it experientially more tolerable, though, right? Because you're just like, it's me. All, it is you taking personal responsibility in an immense way. Like, it's, yeah, not it's even true. Like, like, that guy over there fell asleep and now I die. Yeah. Even skydiving, it's like when you're up there, like, look, you packed your rig, but there's a whole lot of, like, your buddy behind you is checking yeah. it, that sort of thing. In, when you go cave diving, it's not like you can do everything right, and some fucking guy from Mineola, Long Island, just sideswipes you, and there goes your half your hair. Like, <laughs> that's true. That's that true. could happen. I, I believe that the people in Long Island are capable of making that happen. I just yeah. don't think it's happened yet. That's true. When you're mountain climbing, your greatest risk is not the other dude on the mountain bought something from Elon Musk that ran out of control and has now killed you. But that happens with cars all the time now, so you know. Now more than ever. <laughs> I will say I've started doing a thing. I don't feel bad, and I think it's the right thing to do. Whenever I see Tesla drivers now, I performatively like throw my hands up and back away from them, <laughs> <laughs> just so they know, like, no, you're the person in like the the H two speeding through the school zone, and the, you know that guy in, in like the early two thousands. Yeah. You found the new worst version of it. Luckily, you're so enormous. The sensors do read you. Uh, it's only small people and child-sized humans that the sensors can't pick up. Yeah, no, it, it, it that that is, I am, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely benefit from the AI uh, recognizing me as a bridge. <laughs> it's only capable of recognizing uh, sloths, Bigfoot, bridges, trees, things like that. Actual normal-sized humans, not. Nah, fuck you. Yeah, I, I'm just in random girl's phone as uh, Bridge to Left. That's my code name. <laughs> bridge Immediate Left. Which, you, you know what? That's not bad. There's some poetry to that. So, let's... Uh, you got, uh, fucking time flies when you're chatting. Is everybody good right now so far? Would you want to do a quick... Because uh, we have... Sorry, Evan, we have so many on this list, and I, I think we should... We should do like, another maybe... like, category of stuff, and then that should be good. Yeah. yeah so, uh, I'm looking through here. We haven't really let, done, let, like, pure consumption hobbies. So, uh, do you have the... Oh, we have to. We have to do yeah. coffee and... Th- yeah, pure like... consumption hobbies, I think, are the big category we're missing and are interesting to me because they feel like very much a capitalist-specific hobby. Yeah. Okay, so let, let's uh, cluster stuff under consumption-specific, like being one who consumes... Yeah, like hype beast. All I do is buy expensive yeah. shit. Yeah. Thing yeah. likers. People yeah, so people whose hobby is liking a thing. Let's let's do a uh, 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 let's talk a little bit about the consumption hobbies, and then we'll run to uh, we'll do like a, a speed round. You know, make your case. Thumbs up, thumbs down. That sound good. Yeah. Yep. All right. Things. So these are the ones again that my my community, my personality is all of us appreciate the fuck out of putting this thing inside of right like this is are we talking about like consuming or are we talking about just like looking at stuff what would be your consumption hobbies i would say where it's just about purchasing a thing right like the almost the entire hobby is is around purchasing and then either consuming it like ingesting it or just like now you have it and that's about it right? like pens. there's what's that yeah fountain pens like even that one i could you could make the argument like now you're right with it but yeah shoes high-end shoes especially it's like 
the end goal of the hobby is you have it and you don't use it, right? Or you, you have to be extra careful when you use it that it looks unused, right? Those kind of hobbies. Hypebeast is one where it's like the hobby is just a, a, a it is competitive purchasing of shit, right? Like that's the whole hobby is like, did you purchase enough shit that you can claim is, is a fashion, but it's fashion just about trendy stuff. Like it's not even like I'm, I'm putting stylistically things together. It's mostly just like, did I buy the thing? Check. Look, I like to, I like to consume as, as, as much as anyone else, but like the verb in these hobbies is how efficiently or uh, with what level of, of taste such that others would respect it. Are you shopping? Yes. Like these are yes. essentially shopping hobbies. Like, yeah. oh, you, you spent money. You spent that on a Beaujolais. Well, I mean, there's a Poyak. Wine but, does hmm. count as a consumption hobby. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I find that these are and things I like it. that. <laughs> I like the wine as a consumption hobby. But these are things that I find myself unable to really uh, get into because of the barrier. Yeah. I am. Because of the cost. A, li- a little bit of a, a wine guy. And I say that like a, a little bit without being modest. I just found 1% of the wine world and was like, well, if I learn that, I'll get something out of it. I watched Oz and James' Great Wine Adventure. Brett, you've seen it. Great, great, like, entry-level fun thing about, you know, two British buffoons discovering uh, wine. And so I got interested in Bordeaux's because I know those are pretty good. I'm an idiot. Bordeaux equals good. And then I got into one particular region, which is the, the Poyac, which is, like, a particular sort of... Uh, Bordeaux that just like fits my taste palette. I can only indulge in that on my birthday or if someone gets me a bottle as like a Christmas present. Like that's the only way I can do that. I don't even have the the money or the means to explore. Like and, and isn't that yeah. the problem with a lot of this? I mean, I guess there's lower tier ones like if you're into like coffee or beer, like becoming one of those. I could see that'd probably be satisfying to get into, right? Yeah, I think so. Coffee has like a, a a pretty wide range of of being into it. Like you you can buy a little pour over thing, and I, I th- everybody talks about um, getting a hand grinder, like so that you can spend forty minutes in the morning looking like an idiot, and 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 somehow this grinder, like a hand grinder that you. It's like forty bucks is still like way way better than like a blade grinder and yeah love, you can do all that. Um, I love coffee. I love coffee as a consumption hobby. Yeah, because it it pretends that it's a little bit of cooking and a little bit of baking, but yes. really it's just performative consumption. Well, if you consume while touching the grains like this, I'm making a rotating motion as if I'm grinding. Uh, that the coffee tastes better, and it's like yeah, okay. you fucking sure Brett, you love that shit. <laughs> Once a day, you wake up. I've seen you. You wake up, roll out of bed, do fifteen push-ups, and then tell the first person you see. You know when grandma's hands touch the food that the taste better. How is yeah, this any cooking. different? That's literally grandma magic. That's a separate thing. Cooking is you actually have to put things together. Coffee. All we're talking about is the way you grind it. It's still just you're just fucking grinding it and then consuming it. And I you can definitely immediately be on Reddit like hand grinder versus blade grinder. Yes. Like what do you? Why would you even buy Col- Columbium medium high humidity beans if you're not going to bring out the acidity with a hand fucking grind? Yeah, By the way, it's, not- it's wine, but debating about what glass you put it in, and it's like okay, it's still a fucking consumption hobby. I'm, yeah. I'm, look, I'm, I'm, I, but it's still fun. Yeah, no, right? I'm not like, saying it's, it's not fun. It's, it's, it's probably fun. fun to do. It's fun to think about. I mean, just when you said hand grinder versus uh, blade grinder. 
It wasn't about coffee, but I just imagined those were two very cool dating apps. One, a grinder just for handies, and the other, a grinder where the person that shows up is dressed like Blade. I think both of those are awesome hobbies to get into. Grinder for people into swords? I mean, I think that literally is Final Fantasy XIV. Yeah. I think that's what you've described. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, I like, at least with coffee and wine, uh, I mean, in general, a lot of consumption hobbies, there's something to it, right? There's some satisfying part of it but at least both of those you're getting a little bit of drugs with it i respect that you're getting either an upper or downer and it's like fuck yeah because like weed i don't consider a full consumption hobby although it is quickly getting there i still think there's a little bit of like self-exploration getting super high thing going on and obviously self-medicating but like yeah it's it's in the same bucket of like yeah i'm doing the thing to to consume it um and probably not get a huge effect something like the the coffee guy we're basically fine with that yes coffee seems good seems good to me i I mean like you still get to drink the coffee and also if i've learned anything from this game i'm playing called persona 5 you increase your charm (laughs) when you make someone a a loving cup of coffee and i do i like giving like i'm a pro-social guy like it it does appeal to me to be like instead of going hey you know i I really care about you your friendship whatever so i want to i got you a coffee and it's like a starbucks and it's like okay that's nice of you but there is something like i made this and i made sure it'd be good for you that just like that feels nice that's a thing that's an offshoot of that what about like audio consumption stuff because that gets weird to me like i just buy records it's like i don't i i guess the audio quality is better like i it's like in the realm of audiophile right and there are sub hobbies in there that make sense to me of like i build a speaker and i'm like okay that's a craft hobby i get that but like the ones where that are just genuinely like i just buy nicer shit does it actually make a difference if this is a platinum wrapped speaker plug versus gold wrapped? And it's like maybe a touch, but like, can you tell is your ear so perfectly trained that you can tell the difference between 99.7% good and 99.8% good. Right. That's the problem. Even if people can't, let's say there are some people that can great. I'm glad you get your aesthetic experience. No one can appreciate it, but you, but good. Even if you can't though, to Evan's point, the online community forces you to internalize the fact that you can, because if you can't, what are you doing there? Your whole cognition is just, the, the brain is just backfilling. Hey, why did I just do that thing I did and justifying yeah. it? And you just paid five times more for the fucking HDMI thing with the gold tip. Why did you do that? I, oh, because I, I like can tell the difference. Consumption hobbies are where the internet thing gets most aggressive, where like you're not allowed to be... Uh, and, and you're not allowed to be you're allowed to be an amateur there's a beginner and then there's expert shit which is just expensive stuff basically right there's no in between there's no like prosumer or intermediate fuck you there's beginner and there's expert and expert mode costs 100x more than in, in fucking doodads and that's well, also it. something you're in for a penny you're in for a pound it's like okay audio's dog shit normally right and you're like yes i'm on i'm on board with that so audio deserves to be done right Right, and you're like, yeah, and they're like, all right, that'll be forty five thousand dollars. It's like, well, maybe audio doesn't have to be done that right. Well, it it usually starts with like, oh, there's, you know, on Black Friday you can get this one set of speakers, and it's like, it's pretty good. It'll be good for a while, and then yeah, you're reading the review from from Doctor Wavenstein on Reddit. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. Black Friday. Yeah, and then and then once you have those, then it's like clear that like, well, now that you're into it, like those those are good. But you know, if you really want to experience the widened sound stage and and accurate definition, then you should really switch to FLAC files and 
get a, a, a headphone amplifier and, and in-ear monitors and yeah. and all that. You can't you can't skip any steps. No, because if you're if you're listening to fucking MP3s on your system, I mean that is one. I, I don't know this to be true, but I feel like if there's a Zodiac killer killing over their hobbies, high-end audio is where you find that. If someone fa- you posted a picture of your living room audio rig in which the street sign is just barely visible outside your window, and someone comes to kill you for playing your MP3s at 48 kilohertz a second, or whatever the fuck it is. It's just there's something unhinged about the audio. It makes me scared. Consumption scared. hobbies are also ones where it is... Uh, the really hardcore internet communities are indistinguishable me, f- to me from the people who sell it, from the marketing teams of the thing, of the products, right? Absolutely. Like, they're doing the exact same thing of being like, well, we're going to ladder you up. You were good enough here, but if you want this one more feature, pay an extra $100 and you're here. But now that you're here, if you only did 50 more, you get way better, right? And they just ladder you up on the consumption until you're like, why the fuck did I buy the most expensive fucking version of this or the second most expensive version of this when the basic would have been fine? Well, because it's because you bought it. It's better because you bought it. <laughs> yeah, well, then, and it, th- that's the cycle with consumption, too. It's like, now that I've spent all this money, I have to justify it. Otherwise, I'm a fucking idiot. Yes. Otherwise, I just spent thousands of dollars on bullshit. So I better justify it. I better make this a, a very important thing to me. This better be part of my, like, personality and fabric of who I am is buying expensive audio shit. I'm not a jackass who spends money frivolously. I'm a consumer of high-end audio. I, I wouldn't do this if I don't know what I'm doing, right? Yeah, like, exactly. I think audiophiles are, are really the purest example of this because you can really, you can see the like $600,000 Saudi Prince level turntables that have like the five platters on top of each other and the chromed accents and all that stuff. And it's, it's very clear that none of that matters. Yep. Just at that point, just hire Chance the Rapper to show up in your living room. Yeah. <laughs> like you're already putting out the money. Just have him stand there. Yeah. I also, in terms of like acceptability to the wider world, like making a community, that shit is opaque. If you've ever listened to audio people like discussing their hobby, it like in full earnestness, I would have an easier time understanding like a convention of Hezbollah bomb makers talk about their craft than audio people. Cause it's just very particular technical yes. things and you have to do it right. Or you deserve death. And do you care about this or not? And the world has, the world has it all wrong. And it's just like, Oh my God. And they're more aggressive than video people. For some reason, video people are just like, yeah, there's different levels. When you get a TV that does these sorts of things, it's great. Right. Like there's the craziest people in the video community are just the gamers who are fucking obsessed with making sure the frame rate's as high as possible. Outside of that, there's just people being like, here's a good TV. Here's a better TV. Here's a great TV. What's interesting about audiophiles is they have their own faux technical vocabulary. It's not just like (laughs) like they borrow stuff from. Yeah, it's mysticism. Yeah, exactly. No, it's you got to make your own lingo. Yeah. Like soundstage and, and. definition and all these things which can't be measured and then when you tell them they can't be measured it's like well it's part of being human is it's the subjective experience <laughs> of the yeah when, when a wine person's just like notes of clove and blackcurrant you're like i'm not gonna go on a dictionary app and figure out what blackcurrant is but this at least like kind of makes sense when like a vinyl audio head is just like it's got like a uh Sort of like a smooth alpine feel. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you, you you went to the fucking JPL labs to get the particularly coded wires you need so that Drake can feel more alpine in your acoustic space? What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so audio, not not so much. Not, not for me. No. Do you guys consider right. just general like uh, movies to be a consumption habit? Consumption well, so I was going to ask when you were talking about frame rate and gamers or whatever. I thought about something that is the it's so I know one thing about this now, so I repeat it all the time. Uh, like animation and movies and being like upscaled to sixty frames per second and how it makes everything fucking weird and the the, the purists of like the animation world are just like you're debasing the art. And they I mean, feel so they strongly about it. Yeah, they feel so strongly about it. And as a MFA holder from a very elite university, I'm like, art, yeah, this is the sort of thing I should be into. So what about just like movies, film, uh, adult animation, not fucking hentai, I mean like Bob's just animation type general. stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's movies and film is interesting to me because there's like uh... – there's different segments of it. There's the people who actually end up doing those things, right? Like it's a, it's a career path for one, for a lot of people. And it's a thing where like you're producing, like you're doing art, like art, art, artistic consumption hobbies are always fascinating. Cause like there's some amount of doing it, which I guess you could say for audiophile as well, but for film, there's a good chunk of people who like see themselves as like, I'm going to write or act or direct. And they might be completely fucking delusional, but that's how they're approaching it as like, I am going to do the art. Right. But then there's also just the like, I love Marvel. And it's like, yeah, that's a fucking consumption person. Right. That That's just straight up consumption. I don't think you guys have reached the level of anime where I can pretend that, that like you're a community based thing. Like but everyone loves it. Like maybe I should be more into Marvel shit. I mean, it's clearly engineered to give you occasional like, whoa, epic wasp lord and Dr. Fate. Uh, their daughter is now Bruce Wayne's uh, They don't love it. Controller. It's just, it, it is the... They don't love it. They're just, uh, it's no, an no, no, unhappy no. It's, marriage. It is, it is the most consistently good enough thing that comes out that has like broad-based appeal because that's the whole point. It's engineered that way. I'm just saying like it is not a high-end experience. It's not something that like is going to be emotionally affecting and now cue up somebody being like, no, it's emotionally affecting when he did the snap and we knew nobody was going to die. But uh, like I, I maybe I'm just being a film snob, so I'm, I'm in the fucking field here. But film is a weird one to me. Animation, I would separate. Animation, uh, there are people who enjoy it, which I would say like, yeah, okay, consumption. But the actual making of animation, that is pure art form. The reason why upscaling, by the way, because it does bother me, is not acceptable, <laughs> is uh, one, you're usually doing AI interpolation. Like they they specifically do a number of frames in animation, right? You animate on ones. That means every frame per second, someone drew it, right? There's animation on twos. So there is a different drawing every two frames, animating on four, so on, right? When you upscale, you are having an AI interpolate the additional frames, and say like just create frames and the ai doesn't know how to do art so it just moves like okay this pixel moves here this moves here and you start to lose the artistic intent of the person who made the thing right and so it starts to fall apart and you're trying to make something more realistic that is animation animation is inherently like it is an artistic medium people want to do smear frames they want to do these weird in between frames that are not meant to be seen solo like anime is big on this they will do a frame where people look crazy because it creates uh, a, an effect when you see it all running together, and the AI can't do that right now. So, like, it just changes the artistic intent when you do when you do the upscaling. That's why people get mad about it. It, it, it totally kills the like tempo immediately too. Yeah, it's so also I, not was... created for that frame rate. Like, it yeah. just doesn't. Yeah. It's, it's not a simple thing you can do. You you have fundamentally changed the na nature of the art by it's doing not, that. It's not matching the audio. It, it's just weird. When I was on my kite surfing shit, I was watching the intro to I think it's Attack on Titan. Because that's a similar thing, right? The people fight by getting yanked in the air yep. and sort of like floating down. 
Uh, and so I'm like, eh, sensuous and, and cool. This is sort of the vibe I'm into. But it was upscaled to 60 frames per second. So it would have this like stop and go, like legato, but somehow still jankiness thing going on. Uh, that just made it complete. Like it gave yeah. me a headache. It changes the rhythm it. because they, when they animate too, like there's all these principles of animation about like the way things bounce and the way they flex and move and bend. And like, there's like a rhythmic quality to it that is built in within the frames that you're animating. So when you interpolate it, you're probably going to break that to some degree. And like, it's going to create this weird staccato effect sometimes or this weird herky jerky motion. So Brett, I have to ask though, like, I kind of feel like now is the the worst time for me to get into like animation though. It feels like it has strong Tony Soprano vibes, right? Where with the way HBO and everyone is just defunding it. Like there was a, a period where there was a fertile ground back in production. People are, are making so many things and the people are the the businesses are taking chances on small yeah. creators. And now it feels like there is just an absolute wipeout like like a financial tsunami hit the the cartoon not cartoon uh, uh, animation i'll say yeah. the animation space that now if i get into it i'm gonna be fucking tony soprano sitting there like i got in on the end of everything i don't you know they used to make family guy what do they make now like the, think, i'm not gonna be happy it's because like there's one big merger and the, the merger the people at the top who don't like animation they now own Cartoon Network. So it's like you just bought a huge chunk of animation and you don't like it. So like there are questions about like what the fuck are they doing with that? What are they going to do with all these pieces of animation? But actually I think it's like I, I've i heard the argument that animation is like 20 years behind cameras. And cameras got much easier for regular people to use and produce video content in the last 20 years. And so you can make the argument that animation is becoming easier. Uh, there's apps like Blender and thing like things like that that are hard to under to learn right now but once you get them it becomes a lot simpler to do animation so you can make the argument that like we're about to hit the next stretch of animation where it has the barrier to entry is lowered as far as technical capability and now you get way more opportunities but even with that uh there's still more animation now than there used to be because pretty much every streaming service minus hbo uh not hbo whatever the new merging thing is called everybody's still pumping them out netflix is pumping it out they cut back a little because during the pandemic animation you could do even when you couldn't film, you could still do animation. So they like, you know, it was the usual thing. They overspent on it and then they're like, okay, well let's cut back some of it now that we actually have other things in the hopper. So I still think it's going pretty well. It's, it is better now than it was when we were kids. Early nineties animation was crap as far as like the amount of money going into it compared to now. So it is better than it was. And I still think like this hiccup aside, which is bullshit I hate that they killed a bunch of shows, but like, you know, give another five or six years. I think it'll be good again. It's so just great. an overcorrection. Yeah, it's just an overcorrection. And then I think once it smooths out, well, it'll be great. And the people is, who make is, the content are still out there. Yeah. And there's more and more it. of them and it becomes easier and easier to get into it. And that the barrier to entry is almost always like the thing that creates more art, right? Like it becoming easier to film your own stuff. And now with YouTube to distribute without dealing with a gatekeeper means there's just way more shit out there now. Now I'm not saying all of it's good or even most of it, but like as a result, you get people doing creative things and a random dude kid, poor kid from North Carolina is now going to be a billionaire, Mr. Beast, because he figured out a way to make people entertained with basically just doing modern day game show shit. But like, okay, like that, it only exists because the barrier to entry was lowered so much that a poor kid could figure this shit out and get into it and not have to be gatekept anywhere. So I think you'll see that with animation start to happen too. Evan, animation, 
Thumbs up, thumbs down. Thumbs up. There's a big community. I feel like there is something magic. There's no animation you can make. You know, Ben Wyatt claymation notwithstanding <laughs> here. There's no animation you can make that someone won't think you're a little bit magical. You know, it, it doesn't, it has a real Wes Anderson vibe. And once you start doing it, it's just like, how the fuck did you do that? That's why I like it. It instills delight. Like, just, yeah. just, the, just it's, it's moving drawings that somehow feel real enough to suck you in. And it's like, that is inherently delightful as a medium. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, you guys been with me for a minute. So, so we'll knock out some of these, uh, these hobbies here with, with like a yay or nay. Um, railroad enthusiast. You want to talk about people that are having a good time. That's I mean, I, I actually went to an old timey subway show out on Coney Island. I woke up at seven in the morning on a crisp day, which I thought I would hate. And I got on the subway and just as I got closer, the, the vibe was as if the Joker released the smiling gas on the train People just like nodding and get it. People looking gacked up on the train at seven in the morning, not because they're coming from somewhere, because they're going, they're just high on the idea of engineering. Yep. And they had like eight of the old subway trains from all the different eras. They had like the World War II one That's that like cool took troops to the fucking Brooklyn Naval Yard. They got the 60s ones where they still say like, no blacks, please. Like it was, <laughs> they got the whole fucking thing. I, I, I was on it. Everyone's got cameras. It's like a car show vibe. It's all ages. I mean, just a guy in the corner looking at the place where a 1940s strap bar is riveted into the main chassis and just having the expression like he'd just seen the face of God. I want to see the face of God. Yeah. Via trains. Maybe I'm not constitutionally built for it, though, because I get on the train and I'm like, oh, this is cool. I like the Acela. I like bullet trains. But I am in so many photos now because even when I was riding the train, there were people at the stations with like – definitely not a peeping Tom level optics just set up on the <laughs> tripod staring at me just like, Oh, I don't ride the trains. I'm more of a, a train artist. I capture the joy of the people riding it. It's just like, there's subunits to this fucking <laughs> hobby. Like it's Luna. I love it. Now that's, that's everyone too. That's not just a yay for me because also unlike cars, which are inherently destructive to everything in the environment, trains are fucking good. They're a, a pro for everybody. Like they should be widely accessible. Yeah. Trains are great. There are like train e-girls. People are horny. When I was there, it was, there are, I mean, it was yeah. everyone. There was 100% like goth autistic rail girls. Yep. Like you thought autism was just for gamer girls and, and Twitter people. No. You, I, there are, I train saw is, couples. Train is the original autism hobby. It, 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 and for a reason apparently. Because I, every type. I mean, there were like railway, like good looking dudes that are like 20, just railway hype beasts that look like Jason <laughs> Schwartzman from the Scott Pilgrim movie. Just going like, it's a UL 410er, babe. Like, I don't get you today. I'm <laughs> overhearing the weirdest fights about trains, but they all seem somewhat nostalgic and nice. So the trains, Evan? Oh, thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Great hobby. Okay, trains. Seems good. Full recommend. Yeah. The coolest person in New York is the guy that keeps getting on the trains yes. and taking them joyriding in a way that they actually arrive on time. And the least yes. cool that, person in New York is the people who keep fucking arresting that guy. Yeah, that, that guy is only making your life better. Okay, n next one. I think this is probably going to be thumbs up from everyone. Uh, uh, pickup artists. <laughs> Hard no. I, nope. I have, no, wait. Hear, hear me out. I have a theory, and that is we, we need to return with a V. We need to return to tradition in pickup art. 
Because we for look, pickup art came from like 2006 era. I mean, even earlier with Ross Jeffries and the Magnolia, Tom Cruise and Magnolia. That's a pickup artist guy. Yep. You know, it, it was it was about the basics. You know, it, it had sort of a 70s guide to dating thing where you'd look at the book and go, it was sort of silly, but there's something like, please don't sneeze directly in her face. Like, use your elbow. And you're like, oh, that's I guess that's technically good advice. But nowadays, with the internet and with the fucking digital commodification, insane hyperspace that we're in, uh, if you want to go in the PUA, you got to know about the golden ratio, geometric patterns of standing, uh, the Great Ottoman War for some reason. There's a weird Western civilization. Like, it's blended with all this Sigma male, like, reactionary shit. There's fucking... You have to know which raw meats and offals can and should be consumed raw. You have to download WinRAR for some reason. That's now something you need. It, it's just... It's very off-putting. And I just think we should get back to basics where you're asking to use someone's phone and then using a magic trick to stick it on the other side of a third floor bar window until she fucks you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, how did it get on the other side? I'm not telling until you give me your number. Yeah, you can put your hand up there the whole time. It's stuck. That was the golden era. Back to shit that worked. No Western man shit. Just a meticulously engineered social flow chart from which you must never diverge. <laughs> if she asks your name before entering phase A2, you should have a full mental shutdown. That it, that at least kept it honest. That's a swing and a miss, right? You don't now people lose and it's like, uh, this is because Constantinople. Fucking how? It was supposed it was not supposed to be about history and politics. You weren't doing politics when you have this ideology. It was about like like doing a fusion dance uh with like neuro-linguistic programming guys from the 80s and using embedded trend like embedded trigger words to make others spontaneously blow you it, it, was, it was the sort of magisterium of eating a tangerine and being like mm, this tangerine there's nothing more suck you lint in the entire <laughs> dictionary than this flirt or this flirt this fruit that i'm eating now like that was your way of flirting you know that was your way of getting if you weren't a girl becoming activated like Sirhan Sirhan when you talk to some guy who's dressed like a railroad villain, PUA wasn't working. And to be honest, she was never your girl. Like, it's just one of those. It was. I miss how it goofy was, it used to be, but no, yes! hard no. It used to be magic tricks. It's been ruined. It's know? just ruined. It's It's been completely disgusting. Like, it, it was a little gross to begin with, but it was at least goofy and stupid. And now it's just, it's horrifying. Yeah. Look, there, people accidentally used to give good advice. Like I said at the top, there was the guy that one time was just like, you know, be an asset to people around you without asking anything. Be someone who does interesting things and people will yeah, be around they, that. They used and, to and, just be like, the first thing you got to do is take care yeah. of yourself, uh, work out, eat better, get to normal hobbies to talk about. And then approach more women. And it's like, that's all good advice. Just stop not right there. Monetizable. Nothing else. Not monetizable. Yeah, exactly. That does not lead to content. And at the point we're in now, like 15 fucking 20 years, whatever it is, since Neil Strauss's The Game was on the New York Times bestseller list and there were VH1 things where it was just like, wait a second, I need to get a specially made Chinese finger trap to enter this club with a chance of success with women. Like, that was all very silly. But now they figured like the drip of content and like games as service yeah. where it's like, not only literally game yeah this is going to be a part of your identity but it's going to be ideologically bent overtly not like it's misogynistic you're treating people like slot machines where if you put in the konami code somehow like you get pussy but like this is where it's like not only is this about being a, a conservative alpha man a, a heir of fucking alexander 
But um, you can't leave because if you leave, you aren't just saying, oh, this is silly. Why do I have a mohawk in, in this fucking coffee shop? Why am I asking people what their favorite way to make out is at the fucking Sawgrass Mills Mall in Florida? Now it's like, if you think this is goofy or you leave, you're a lib cuck. Yep. Like you're you're basically letting the the Turks take Vienna. And honestly, that's where they fucked up because what they should have done is instead of digging deeper, they should have broadened it and being like, here's the the male to female approach. Here's the female to male approach because like women want to do that shit too. Here's the male to male approach, very different approach. Here's the female to female approach, right? And like just broaden it out. That'd be way more interesting to be like. Everybody wants to get fucked. Here's how you do it, depending on what you're into. Like a lifestyle brand to make yourself literally less off-putting. Yeah. Because I, I do this apology every time, but like a lot of those guys were victims before, where it's just like, I'm an engineer, my, my dad hates me, no one ever gave me the talk, no one in high school liked the fact that I played Dungeons and & Dragons, and now I need a father figure, and I don't care how many piercings he has yeah. uh, in his face uh, this guy says that he's proud of me when I open that three set on a Sarge. It was yet another thing that took advantage of people with terminal engineer brain, which is a shame. Yeah, it, it, so no, that's a no for you, Evan? That's still a no, no for me, though. That's a no. <laughs> All right. What about this? Full dandyism. Going back and just <laughs> dressing like a full dandy. I think that for me, that's a bit of a rebrand. But, you know, I'm an MFA background. Nothing makes me happy. I'm already getting looks Anyway, I'm noticeable everywhere I go. So, like, isn't it sort of selfless for me to have, like, a little joker flower and, and look like somebody that, you know, reviews McDonald's or Cognac online? Hasn't the one douche who, who publishes a vaguely socialist magazine ruined that, Nathan J. Robinson? I think you'll find that the overall uh, awareness of Nathan J. Robinson's existence is not as universal as you think. Yeah, no, that's fair. But, yeah, dandyism in general I'm fine with. I just don't like that particular dandy. What's the dandy community like? See, I have no idea. They only have, exist in New Orleans at three bars. They are they are <laughs> operating on typewriters on parchment that they mail to each other. It just all first of all, all men, all the parchment uh, is scented with lilacs and gooseberries, and they're just dudes rocking, having a good time. To be clear, I will be changing nothing else about me. I will still be eating tuna directly out of the can. Uh, I'll just be looking like a guy Oscar Wilde hires for security while in Prague. Yeah, That's all that will have changed. Big beard, but like a purple suit. And I also, I think if you go full dandy, you get a lot of leeway from people because yeah. it's like, At okay. At the point, it's just a style thing. You're saying like, hey, should I get into, yeah. too, should I get into a really niche style group? And it's like, yeah, sure. Why not? But like, it, it, it says you respect yourself. It says that like presentation is important. You know, yeah. like that's, that, I'm sorry, like optics are very nice to people. It says like, you're not like the other guys. You know, you go on a dating app. How do you say like, uh, I promise I, I, I'm, I'm different, but not weird. I promise I won't send hog pics to you uh, on the second message. You know, as a gentleman, I'll wait for the fourth. <laughs> like, it, it's yeah. How do you differentiate? You, I, I got you. Yeah, you you stand out, and it's like he does have willpower. He is being intentional. You know, yes, he is still dividing his socks into clean, dirty, but wearable, and the devil will know his own. <laughs> but when he goes outside, you don't know that. I think Dandy is a thumbs up. Yeah. yeah. Those were two simultaneous. Yeah, exactly. Eh, I'll give it a mild thumbs up. Yeah. Zippos, knives, flashlights, being one of those everyday carry guys. Is that a good hobby? I'm going no. They seem to like it. They do. I just, it is inexplicable to me. Are you into, like, does it sound appealing to you? I, it's, it seems okay. It costs nothing. It That's builds not a true. community. No, it, it costs, costs a nothing. lot. It does cost. It's, it's a consumption very, hobby. It's very expensive. What part 
look, I understand that like flashlights with the sufficient enough lumens for the work that you do as an IT deck, like desk support person. I know that can be hard, especially when you need those lumens and a fold out baton that for whatever reason is going on your utility kilt. I, I don't like it because it's basically the high speed, low drag hobby. And I, that's always been bullshit to me. What does that military. mean? It, it's the people who like uh, fetishize certain aspects of the military and those, the everyday carry people, a hundred percent are in that bucket of like, no, you have to have your, your proper utility knife and you have to have the right flashlight. And like, you don't know what's going to happen, man. And then you should also have that parachute cord. And it's just like, I fucking hate all of that shit. It, it might just be a military thing, but any of the tertiary or secondary associated hobbies that are basically like pretending to be in the military, I did know. A lot. So I think a lot of everyday carry stuff are these machine shops that are not getting enough business and are just like i'm gonna take everything i know about machining and then make a 200 hundred dollar top it's gonna spin for a really long time it's the the <laughs> pinnacle of what a top can be made to you know it's i'm i'm doing my best to make it you can just keep it on your desk and twiddle with it like again not really for me but kind of i love that yeah I love I love that that's what's being machined. I love that I know the stickied post on on that Reddit community is like, do not post that one top video from Inception. We've all seen it. We've all discussed it. Please move on. That that sounds cool. Yeah, it's cool when you you know really try to make something the best it can be made excessively and just like show off your skills in that way. But like. It is ultimately a consumption hobby. Okay, well, speaking of military uh, fucking high-speed, low-drag shit that you hate, Brett, what about airsoft Hard or, like, pass. firearms Fuck in no. general? They look like they're having I hate some... all those nerds. You were a boy once, Brett. You were a boy in Tampa, Florida. You were, you were... <laughs> once before it became a eunuch. No longer. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 you're in Tampa. You're playing cowboys and Indians or, or whatever fucking... There's a more racist term for it. Yeah, yeah. Coast, Coast Guards and Puerto Ricans or whatever is inherent. The natural version of more racist <laughs> fucking tampa that literal worst place in in america why does it smell like that brett it smells like Nobody that in knows. tampa all the time that's yeah, disgusting the base smells terrible most of the time it, it's like i someone asked me the other day like why what does it smell like and i was like it's sort of like a somehow like a rotting synthetic yep. brine Yep. That's humid. It's the Gulf. Yeah. The Gulf is disgusting, and it smells gross. And then you have the bay on top of that. There's so a chemical shallow. in there, and like a, a decomposing vibe to yeah, it. Yeah, the whole that... Gulf has chemicals in it. So if you if you remove uh, the amount of water, and so now it's burning off, or it's, excuse me, it's evaporating. Yeah, you're going to get more of nasty smell out of it. Tampa I just gross. wouldn't live there, but you did. Yeah, at one point, not by you choice. Played, you played freeze tag. You played cowboys and Indians uh, at you school. Play laser or... tag, yeah. Airsoft seems great. I watch YouTube shorts of airsoft stuff that comes into my feed, and it's like guys getting dressed up like they're soap from Call of Duty, laying That's in a bush in a full ghillie suit and sniping people with little pellets. And that is, I mean, that is the most cops and robbers bullshit you can do. Like that, And you're not hurting anyone, really. I just don't think that goes anywhere. I think very quickly I do not fit in in these spots. Any, any of the tactical bullshit, I can't stand, right? Like any of the like, I I I'm cosplaying as if I were in the military, and it's like you know you could have just joined, could have just done that. What about like, firearms? The like the real deal. It's fun to shoot firearms. I'm okay. With That's that. something you could get yeah. into. Yeah, guns are cool. Guns are fun. Yeah. 
I, I personally am a fan of uh, skeet shooting because that's outdoors. And that's a, that's fucking a blast. I love that. Biden just did something I fucking forgot about already where, where some law passed where you, you, guns don't need to have, like constitutionally, they no longer need to have a serial number any point on them as a freedom sure. thing. This is like this month. Uh, so it's easier to get into than ever. You could basically go to a Waffle House parking lot and enter the hobby yeah. instantly. I'd, I'd, I'd rather be a gun hobbyist in, in any other country, though. Fair. Yeah. yeah. So so you don't... Not Just to actual, not be associated with certain people. But like, yeah, no, guns are a fun hobby. Not the weapons part of military stuff. But what about this? What about like the bushcraft, survivalist, uh, stealth camping? We love stealth camping yeah, no, videos. I'm, I'm more okay with that stuff. That stuff's more interesting to me. Where, where it's like, hey, hey, guys, I got my tent, and I'm going to find a spot in the median that's o- overgrown and see just see if we could sleep and then have a beer and cook no. some beans and spend a, a night away from the wife and your troubles uh, hidden away under this overpass. That yeah. seems kind of fun to me. I don't it think is. I also can do that wife. one. I know, yeah, fucking Steve, man. Poor dude. Um, yeah, but the, yeah, I, I like the bushcraft stuff a lot, actually. Any of the, like, you're going out into the wild and just trying to see if, like, you can make it like pre-civilization i can make it or i can make it with knowledge and understanding of the natural world that kind of stuff is interesting to me because it's less of a like i'm pretending to be military because honestly there's not a lot of military stuff about like surviving on nothing it's a we've given you a bunch of rations and bullshit just try not to die now the the bushcraft is more of a like hey do i recognize what plants eat and stuff like that i like that what about you put this evan so i'd like you to to explain this Ghost hunting slash paranormal investigation. What needs to be explained? You buy like an e- you buy a bunch of like uh, thermal cameras and EMF meters, and then go into abandoned buildings and take data and scientifically find ghosts. It's pretty cool. That seems lonelier than podcasting as a hobby. Hey, do it with friends. Bunch of like-minded ghost hunting friends. Yeah, but now you've you've also got like the expert thing where. Let's be honest. You're, it's just like going fishing. Uh, by the way, I think that's an A-plus hobby. Why not fishing? Yeah. Good hobby. But it's it's like going fishing, but you never catch a fish combined with the finickiness of audiophile experts where it's like, well, yeah, you're not going to get a therm- – the reason you didn't get thermal resonance at that manner is because you're using your TSN on an X1 channel. Like if you don't have the X4 channel, and you and it doesn't seem like it would be fun. It seemed like it would be – boring most of the time i like lore i like mythology that's cool but if you aren't fully committed like you believe it and that essentially if mental illness or like a psychic break with reality is not propelling you forward what are you doing you're sitting alone in abandoned homes and then when you meet people they're going like well there are ghosts there so you have to already believe in ghosts and you have to be able to sort of see the see the signal and the noise I've never seen a, a ghost hunting show where they, they're they just like, ah, no ghosts here. So I have to assume that if you're really into ghost hunting, that like, if you go somewhere that's kind of spooky, you'll come away with something convincing you that there's a ghost there. And now you have a good story and a reason for having been there and spend some time with some friends. Nothing wrong with that. There is, I did love this old Discovery Channel show. When you say there's shows that never go like, ah, no ghost. There was one that almost did it where the, the idea was they'd get a former NYPD detective and private investigator and a ghost psychic. And first the ghost psychic goes in and checks it out and then tells the story of what happened through like divinity or divining it like as a medium. And then they bring in the investigator and every single time 
the person's like, yeah, so uh, there was an old woman and, and her, her, her daughter drowned. And then, and then the investigator will come in and be like, oh, someone got shot in the head here by a Pinkerton. <laughs> and, and they'd be like, so we see there was a threat to the head of a woman. <laughs> and they're like, another successful case. Outside of that, uh, yeah, no one ever goes like, this is bullshit. That, it is nice to have everyone pointing the same direction on a hobby. Yeah, no, it's great. I, I actually there there was a there was an old like the first ghost hunting show that popularized it was a bunch of Boston plumbers, I think, and they would regularly go places and be like, "No, we didn't see anything, but we fixed your plumbing," or or like, "Oh, you know, you're probably seeing ghosts because this uh, your air conditioning system is pulling fumes from the paint cabinet and blowing them into your bedroom." Just an HVAC guy who got into ghost hunting. That's exactly what it was. And I, it was good entertainment. <laughs> they would actually be good at it because they know what the weird creaking and whirring is and shit sure. in the house. It's it's just wood warping and the air vents. That's absolutely it. Yep. Ghost hunting always felt like a, a weird combination of like, because there's a hobby where you're just exploring abandoned buildings. Right? Like that, that makes sense to me as yeah. a hobby. Right. It feels like they did that, but the, they were like, this, this doesn't have enough of a narrative element to it. So... How do I add some fan fiction on top of my exploration of abandoned buildings? Exactly. That sounds fun. That sounds fun, though. I just realized there is almost because everyone's pointing the same direction and believes and don't no one wants to yuck someone else's yum. Everyone wants to yes. And when it comes to ghosts, yes. it's like, buddy, this is like coast to coast AM. Nobody wants you to go like, actually, I don't think there's a Bigfoot. Well, then fuck off. But <laughs> in that dynamic, there must be guys that are like in the same way in high school. You're like, hey, I have a girlfriend. She lives in Canada. There's got to be ghost guys that are like, yeah, I checked out the house again. And uh, unfortunately, I was taken by the succubus another time. And everyone there has to go like, no, you weren't. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I was. And she was really hot. She had big titties. And I wouldn't go there. I wouldn't go there. But she actually, maybe it's safe because she said, actually, I'm the best person she ever uh, stole the soul of. So I don't know. I, I bet the amount, the liars in the ghost community must be a special, amazing oh, yeah. breed. Yeah. That kind of That kind of makes me interested again. Where passion meets absolute break with reality uh, and doesn't lead to a mass shooting in America is rare. It's, so it's I, like I'll give top, that a point. It's like the uh, the people who run DSA, really, really capable liars and a lot of delusion. Yeah, just waiting for magical things to yeah, happen exactly. that they can observe and then tell people that they were around it. For and then other people are gone and they're like, no, 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 guys, you, you don't understand. I convinced like a hundred people to be into socialism while you, while you were in the other room. It totally happened. It was, it was very cool. Bikes and <laughs> bikes and motorcycles. I'll tell you right now, thumbs down. I would love to do both of them, but uh, bikes in New York City, you will die again. Might as well do cave diving. And uh, motorcycles, love motorcycles. I'd love to be a motorcycle guy. I imagine if I was out in the sticks having like a nice morning ride through the, the country with like the dew still hanging, I'm sure that's fucking beautiful. But everyone in my circle that has ever gotten a motorcycle, that's not what they experience. It's, well, you know what? I'm a 38-year-old dentist i have my own practice it's time for me to cut yeah. back and enjoy myself one week later i need to find a new dentist that's every single time yeah i was gonna say this is actually the most dangerous hobby not cave diving not not even driving just motorcycles yeah it's definitely number one that said uh biking i would like to do it but not here that feels geographically limited as well as like i don't america is not the place for me to be doing that vietnam fuck yeah not america i would love to try bike packing what's bike packing that is cool. Yeah, you load up a bike with like a really tiny tent and, and some rations, and then you just go like up a mountain and camp. And just like decide to set up camp here or there, and yeah, it's, it's camping plus biking. 
Yeah, it's, it's a micro... cool combo of like mountain biking and then camping. Yep. That sounds sick. I would do that in Poland where <laughs> I'm just minding my own business. But around here, I'd have to mix that with stealth camping. I'd, I'd have to like break my bike down into a sniper rifle briefcase and lay it <laughs> next to me. Like behind the Walmart or some shit. Yeah, honestly, yes, yeah. So, so that we're down on on bikes other than bike packing in I'm, places I'm that we are. I'm down on bikes in America. Yeah, that one can, you can meet people though. Like yeah, those but, are ones where they always lead into to like clubs and you but can it's start like, conversations. It's like swimming for me, where it's geographically limited. But like at least in America, there are places to do it. Biking is just a like. I no, I it's I'm not doing it here. All right, then how about penultimate here? Drugs. We have weed guy Obviously, drugs. Yes. And then sacred geometry, Evan. <laughs> what is wrote. sacred geometry? How do I get into sacred <laughs> geometry? I've because here's the thing: I've been on that profane geometry for years, and I think a lot of people are burnt out now. They're looking for the next thing. So, what is the sacred geometry? Is that, is that the way you line up uh, the lines of coke before you do them? I've found that right angles only. When I'm trying, when I'm imagining uh, Hegel's theories, what I think they are, and then explaining it to someone with a framework of post-industrial imperialism i find that's almost too understandable and unalienating <laughs> so if i just work in some sacred geometrical text stuff i'm sure speaking the unspeakable will be uh that'll be pretty good right yeah i mean what I, do you mean evan i mean like this weird ex- there's like this weird extension of kabbalah that a, a bunch of like festival mystic i guess a lot of them have kind of become QAnon people but before Sick. that, before that happened, can you imagine? Can you imagine doing everything right, taking ayahuasca, doing DMT, set and setting, making making sure that everything is right? You dose, you you disembody, you you experience ego death, and you're one with the machine elves all around you, speaking truths to you. But somehow they're just like, look at FBI crime stats, and you end up being a reactionary. How does that happen? I'll be honest, that feels like the strongest evidence for why those things suck. Like, if you could do all the drugs and still just end up in QAnon, then it must not have been that awesome. You're going old country for old men, but on, like, railing AMT that you got from a Blue Chew analog in Canada. <laughs> a lot of my my old, like, friends from college who did, like, fire spinning and went to way too many festivals and took too many drugs, a lot of them are now QAnon people, which is... Heartbreaker. It, it kind of makes sense, but explain is, is it like a uh i'm so focused on the individual and the mysteries inside why would you ever need to like look elsewhere is it a my body my right what would make it have a reactionary bent it's just i've figured out the secret behind like everything i've i found the one unifying thread that and and the i've figured out why we're being oppressed and because <laughs> jfk jr didn't die yeah, I mean, I feel That's like... That's the unifying thread. It's, I love people. I, I mean, I see QAnon as this big tent conspiracy theory. Oh, and the other thing is the yes and. Like, these people will not say no to anything. Yeah, right? yes so, and was a mistake. Yeah. Yes and was a gigantic mistake. It's so, only for comedy people. So they started... It shouldn't even be in their hands either. You should have to have a license. You should be saying no but over and over and making the best you can until someone's like, oh, yeah, you can differentiate what's a good idea and what isn't. Yeah, I mean, they started with numerology and and this and drawing triangles and deciding that this is like, this is the origin of consciousness. And then somebody's like, well, you know, they're putting poison in your food. And it's like, well, actually, there is poison in your food. And, oh, you know, the drugs are 
poison too. And there's like our whole healthcare system is system is broken. It's like, yes, half of that is right. But then they go along with the whole thing and then they meet some other people who are equally melted. And then the whole thing just kind of coalesces into a big tent conspiracy thing. So I don't really recommend sacred geometry, but it is. <laughs> I'm I'm a yes on drugs. I'm a no on sacred geometry. Yeah, M- millennia of shamanic practices. Uh, that's a thumbs down from Evan. <laughs> I I'm I'm with you though. There is like a credulity that that that's there, which is like, you know, if, if you look down at at your notebook and see that like cool 3d shack s thing that high schoolers draw. Yeah. If you look down and see that and go like, my God, the answer has been right in front of me for years. No, it hasn't. And I question what other like revelations about the world you are deeply yeah. holding on to because you had a vaguely positive traumatic experience with a, a, a form that reminded you of something once. Yeah. yeah but imagine it's... like getting together with you and your your friends and deciding that you've you figured it all out you know the secrets like must feel pretty good i've gone to dsa meetings <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess this is better right i will say you know what low dose not too serious i will say the the bar is if you start using the word psychonaut as long as you're not there if you're just like i went out to joshua tree and we had a campfire and uh people were walking in and out and we all took mushrooms it's like cool all right that that's pretty cool. That actually does build community. Yeah, that's but cool. But it, it, it's not a hobby as much as a force multiplier, though, right? Because you don't go on Reddit and be like, hey, strangers, who wants to have a, a I don't know. psychedelic that, that experience with me? Having worked in weed, it is a hobby for some of those people. Weed is absolutely a hobby for yeah. some people. I think mushrooms are, too. I lived in Denver. It was a hobby for a lot of people there, too. But to there, it's like paired with every outdoor hobby, right? Like mushroom is the hobby that I, I join with my outdoor hobbies. And like you said, it's a force multiplier at that point. But yeah, yeah, it, it's it's the community you already have. You're not building a new one. And so like I think that's fine, but probably not a way to connect. Last thing, I, I think probably this is going to be a thumbs up is uh, MMA, martial arts. The nicest people in the world. Seems good. The nicest, nicest people in the world. You go out there, you build some self-confidence, you deal with anxiety you know, a, a grown man chokes you over and over, but you, you don't pass out because there's a We're basic about level of, or... <laughs> that I'm, you know what you joke, but I literally complained to my friend the other day. Uh, it, and, and they're just like, you're going real neoclassical right now. And I'm like, I don't mean it this way, but I wish I could post a Craigslist ad. That's just like, Hey, I am uh six foot seven, two fifty, non-sexual i would just like to meet a couple guys that could i can't afford bjj training but i'd love if a couple guys want to come over hit the mats uh, in my gym at the apartment and just roll for a little bit and practice our brazilian jiu-jitsu there's no way to post that advertisement no that's that's so homoerotic it's not possible i i would it, but it's it's like alarming too like the yeah, people oh yeah. that are look i mean they're like yeah I'm, i would love a good homoerotic experience see that and they're just like well not that it's like i i just want to practice my uma plata you know <laughs> i would love a grinder for just mma stuff but those guys all very chill yeah, very do, nice doing MMA, humble as fuck yes you know? watching mma now with that audience fuck no the mma is shit right now yeah as far as like as a viewing thing god no but yeah doing it as a sport is so much fun or even just a hobby it's a good time i will say like going to fights when i think about it though i've gone to some in like the last five years where like i don't even know who's fighting it's just like the local bars doing it that is one of the easiest mixers to open conversations at 
In person, yeah. I mean, there's the there's the joke. I'm saying, in don't truism. go to Buffalo Wild Wings yeah. and watch fucking MMA. Yeah, fights. yeah, but there are there are places where it's just like a bunch of guys standing around. Their girlfriends don't want to come out for this, and I have very readily turned to the person next to me and just be like, "Oh man, I don't know about that reach." And now you are friends for life. It is like the the women's yeah. bathroom vibe <laughs> for men. We just do it out at the bar, watching men who are much stronger and scarier than us do things and go like, huh, yeah, I, I wouldn't have gone for his legs that early. What are you talking about? It doesn't matter. <laughs> We're essentially flirting. You know? Okay, so we all like that? Yeah. yeah. Evan, you ever done uh, martial arts? Um, effectively, no. But it seems like a good thing. I mean, it's, it's, like, it's like going to the gym, but buddies are there, and uh, I find the most important thing to like exercising is not thinking about the fact that you're exercising. So thinking about how there's like a, a five-foot one Korean girl who has somehow used your lapel to choke you to death there. Like that's a much more pressing concern. Second yeah. by second, you definitely aren't thinking about your job or the bills where you're just like, is this a blood choke or an air choke? I'm no, okay. I know blood. And then you're out, you know, <laughs> I like any sort of exercise where you're not. Yeah, exactly. As you said, not really thinking about exercise. I used to do aerial silks and that was pretty good. That is what fun. the fuck is aerial silks. It's like a circus thing where you pull yourself up in the air and, and like wrap yourself in a silk coming from the ceiling and then like Yeah, like Cirque du Soleil style. But yeah. like you can do, you can do aerial silks? I kind of. I was never very good at it, but I needed a You can do it as like, like a workout thing though. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun. They they offer classes in Vegas. I think they offered classes in DC at one location, but it was all over Vegas, so I went to a few for fun and I was like, This is incredible. It kicks your ass too. It's yeah, really but it's hard. like those rings, right? And like almost impossible. Yeah. Silks is easier than rings. Silks are, it's, yeah, it's way comfier. Um, yes, that too. And in the beginning, you mostly just use your own leverage. Like, you learn how to climb, and you kind of learn how to, like, flip yourself over and stuff like that, which you don't really have to be that strong to do. And then you you start getting into the harder stuff, and it, it has a very nice progression. Yeah. Um, I recommend it. It's a lot of it's fun. It's a lot more approachable than you think. And that it is looks awesome. Cool. Yeah, it's great hobby. The takeaway here, unanimous, is fellas, get into aerial silks. That is, <laughs> that's such a that's such a good idea that I'm expecting it on the next Bachelor in Paradise. It's going to be women backstabbing, uh, just undercutting each other, uh, being abusive sometimes physically, just being terrible, and they're going to cut to the boys outside the pool doing aerial silks, and that that'll that'll be when I know truly that this country is on the way to healing when I see that sort of stuff. So uh, we've gone through the hobbies. I think there are some in there that are, that are good. I just, I genuinely am going to pursue this list because I, I don't think, I, I don't think stopping or like being content with what you're at leads to like building anything of real value. Like I, I'm at the point now where, you know, we're approaching midlife crisis stuff and you realize I don't have endless time. And when I can, get endorphins and get endorphins in a community that's good for me it makes me a happier better more palatable person to be around but in a way it is also like in the game persona when you go to the the, the noodle shop you get guts points and studying points because you eat spicy food and you're working on reading a book i, I think getting into one thing like makes you a better person in general and then that makes the other things you do uh, when you're happier, when you're more content, when you've got more going on, it just has a magnetic pull that brings people. More people want to hear what you have to say because in a world that's so alienated and unhappy, it kind of looks like maybe you actually do something. You do know something that they don't know. Uh, and that's a hard place to get people to. Um, 
working from that on like a longitudinal theory of change, yeah. I think that's the way, at least for me, I can feel like, okay, none of us are Lenin, but maybe we can be John the Baptist, like preparing the ground so that it's a place people do want to show up and, and one day when the work starts going into cool areas again, you'll have a wider, more diverse, more attuned group uh, behind you. That's my political take. My non-political take is it's just you, you, everything can't be about politics. Yeah. Like like for the love of God, for your own mental well-being, especially politics. It in makes this you weird right now. Like, it makes you insane. It yeah. makes you insane. It also means you're constantly exposing yourself to political propaganda at a ever increasing rate. And like, that's going to fuck you up in all sorts of ways. Like, just don't do that to yourself. Be a regular human find ways to enjoy life. Even if it all does collapse, don't you want to fucking enjoy it a little bit beforehand? Like find, find a hobby to enjoy yourself and find some people who do not talk about politics for a while. It is nice. The best part about hobbies is just having something to do with other people. Yeah. Like it's hard to find something. It's hard to meet people. Um, and it's hard to find things to do with other people. So, you know, just find something to do and, and enjoy doing it with other people. Favorite hobby right now. What sort of thing are you, you thinking about actually pursuing or getting into? I really do hard recommend electronics. Like building electronics, making like making things. Um, it's incredible to feel like you have some sort of control over over your world. It's nice to see an iPhone and be like, "This is not a black box." Really, like it is nice to come home and and just like maybe screw around and try and fix something that that broke. Because I mean, I have. If you get into electronics, you can buy old broken equipment and fix it. And that's relatively cheap. And then you use that equipment to fix other equipment. And I mean, it's great. You keep stuff out of the landfill, you, re you recycle, yeah. and you can fix stuff for your friends. That's a good one. Uh, I'm going to go with right now, like any sort of artistic creation, filmmaking type stuff. I've been getting more into that. It's just, I like artistic hobbies because you still get the satisfaction of creating things like you do with craft hobbies, but you also get to explore like what is your personal eye? What are the things you like? Like there's some self-exploration there and then you get to talk about it and you have a better understanding of what very good artists do. Like a little more appreciation for the things that they're put, pulling off and putting together. I don't know. That's always just really fun. I like at the end of a hobby being like, I've got a thing. And with artistic, it's like a nice combo of like, I created a thing and uh, I managed to input some amount of like myself into it. I think the idea, the self-exploration of like, what do I actually like is a question that is always worth asking anything that can prompt that question is good and artistic creative ones where like there has to be an aesthetic determination like you yeah. do have to make choices quite a bit it's very useful in a world that we saw from lockdowns uh, it's a world in which a lot of people realize what they like is literally just going to restaurants going to bars and then posting online yep like that's it, you get into a, a sort of autonomic uh, American hobby place where you're just like, I'm doing the things that other people are doing because community feels good and it does give you a little bit of a jolt, but you're not like everyone else. What are those ways in which there are things that are distinctly appealing to you? And then instead of getting a little one endorphin, you could be getting 10 endorphins. I think that's important for me. I think my next hobby, like what I'm focusing on is getting those endorphins uh, rather than externally, also internally, right? I think I spent a lot of time, denying that i have a body 
you know, like, well, I'm a brain in the vat, but I'm also connected to this horrible thing that I just have to right. live with. But that horrible thing is the engine. It's the dynamo for endorphins. It's the things that allow you to wake up feeling ready and literally able to sometimes have a conversation with another person without feeling depleted, right? Like putting yourself in a positive state, however you do it, uh, I think it is necessary for any sort of like venturing out into community. No one wants to, someone around who's just like making them, they can't figure out how to make themselves not be miserable. And now you're going to tell them you have the answer and I have to read a book on that answer. Fuck that shit. So for me, I think it's, uh, I think I'm right now I'm looking into the kite thing. And then of course, uh, uh, Everyone get Ace Combat 7. It's excellent. <laughs> you will shed a tear. Also, I need people to play multiplayer with me. So uh, if you connect to a lobby and you see the one non-Japanese name who's crying on VoiceCom, that's me, and it's just because I, I now have a sentimental attachment to the main menu. <laughs> that's it. So with that, I'm Rob uh, at Dumb and Awful. We, we have uh, Brett. Backroom of McKinsey teaching them how to be more evil. Correct. Right? That's, yes. And uh, uh, Evan at Bounded State. Bound State. Bound State. At Bound State on Twitter. Are you on Mastodon and all that shit? What's going on there? Um, Not too much is going on there. I like it. It's a little bit more low-key. Um, I'm on the Mastodon server. M-A-T-H-S. T-D-O-N, Mastodon, whatever, can't spell, COVID brain. Fuck you. Um, <laughs> fuck you. And fuck them for that. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's it's nice. It's much more relaxing than Twitter. I think it's it's sort of more engineered around not getting the same sort of reaction and dogpiling that Twitter is. Um, yeah, I don't know. Bound state at Mastodon. All right. Well, thank you guys for uh, for swinging by. That's it. Thanks, everybody. Bye.